0: Welcome to our second annual, not annual, our second manga fight. I am your MC for this episode, Colton, not Sid. I have taken over Sid's position forever. Sorry, Sid, you're not the host anymore. Okay, for now. You, you, could, be, you could be the host for the next one, I guess. On this installment of manga fights in particular, uh, in this episode, Imaginary corner, we have the co-host of the Manga Mavericks podcast. He also likes manga. I'm so good at these introduction things. Sid, otherwise known as Lum Rambiyasha. Hey
1: hey hey! I'm here to win.
0: I like I like that attitude. Yes, it's great. I love it. I love the energy. A lot more energy than I'm giving. Anyway, so on our other imaginary corner of the internet, we have uh, the rising star of any Twitter. Uh, he he enjoys uh, Sakuga over story. Uh, that's dumb. Mr. Josh Dunham! I'm like the tiger mask of this decision. I will chew you up and spit you out. I'm not here to win. I'm here to be right. Ooh, there Ooh. you go. I, I got chills. Ooh. By the time Nita. I'm done
2: with you, Joshy boy, all that will be left will be pure white ash.
1: Ooh.
2: You just going to let him get
0: away with that, Josh?
3: I don't uh, sweat it when small fries talk big.
0: (gasps) Dubstep. Okay. Save save the trash talk for for our competition, guys. So on this installment of Manga Fights, Sid, you you came to me with this idea for this next installment. Would you like to tell the people um, exactly what we're going to be debating here real quick?
2: Of course. As you may or may not know, today—well, at the time when we're planning to put this episode out, November thirteenth, twenty sixteen—it will have been the twentieth anniversary of when Inuyasha, the manga, uh, was serialized in Weekly Shonen Sunday back on November thirteenth, nineteen ninety-six. It's twenty years later, and I thought. And I love Uniyasha, I would love to do something to celebrate its anniversary, and so, why not a manga fight? I enjoyed our Yuzey Matsui manga fight, and I thought, you know, let's find someone, let's do a manga fight on Inyasha.
0: Yep, and uh, unfortunately, I'm not really as well versed in Inuyasha as uh, as Sid is. You, yeah, so, uh, yeah. I know, I Just know, I get it all the time. Yep, just a normie. I, what did you I,
2: watch in your childhood on Adult Swim? Milk Chan?
0: Actually, yeah, I, I did I did watch a little Milk Chan as, as a kid, but I didn't really, really? get it. Um, But uh, so I am going to be uh, doing my best to emcee uh, this debate as best as I can. Personally, I think Sid does a better job, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best to uh, lead the debate here for now. Gambare, Koten! Yes, Gambare and all that stuff. Uh, so, basically, our, our entire debate is going to be revolved around Inuyasha because of the occasion.
2: Yeah, so, when uh, so finding an opponent for this, there was always one idea in my mind. I knew the perfect guy for this. I knew he liked Inuyasha, and I, would, I knew he'd be the perfect fit for this show. So, I reached out to Josh, and he agreed, and so he's here. And Josh, uh, why don't you tell us about uh how uh, a little bit about you know your thoughts on Inuyasha and then uh you know uh, and you know how you're feeling going into this show and uh, the debate
3: well Inuyasha for me has been one of my favorite shows not because of how good it is uh because quite frankly I feel that it it has plenty of problems
2: Oh yeah, very flawed
3: but because it was there in a very important time in my anime fandom it has always been uh, kind of a show that I attach an emotional significance to. And that being said, getting to be on here and debate has maybe been the most serious I've ever taken Inuyasha. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's something new for me to be 100% honest. And, uh, I mean, I've never argued about Inuyasha. Typically, it's just people say things. I'm like, huh, okay. But now I'm going to have to put my my money where my mouth is. So... <laughs>
2: Cool, cool. I mean, just briefly to go over my experience with Inuyasha, I actually didn't really get into it as a kid. Like, I watched a couple episodes, and I was like, this is stupid, all they do is say, Inuyasha Kagome! Inuyasha Kagome! Over and over again, I didn't, I wasn't into that. But then, after I got into Ranma, like around 2012, like, I really got into Ranma, I was like, oh, Inuyasha is from the same person as Rama." And then I was like, hmm, maybe I'll check this out. So then I read, you know, the Inuyasha manga, and then over a period of six months, I was like, I read through the entire series and, you know, I really enjoyed my experience reading it. I really enjoyed the story. And I, yeah, there are definitely some, a lot of flaws in Inuyasha, but I think overall, I think that the overall story is pretty solid and I love the characters, love the world, and I really enjoyed the series and I'm a big fan of the series as I am, uh, Takahashi's other works. So yeah, I'm, I'm a fan and I'm definitely excited to f- debate on Josh about the series because definitely I haven't had too many like really serious legitimate discussions on inyasha with someone, so this is a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it
0: all right well i'm uh as again as someone who hasn't who isn't uh very well versed in Inyasha as either of you two are i I personally watched like maybe three episodes and thought I'll get back to this another time. Not that I thought it was bad or anything, just I don't know, I guess I just kind of have to be in the mood for it, but uh that's just me personally. Um as someone who hasn't who isn't as well versed into uh, in Iasha, in I I'm lo- I'm looking forward to uh to how this debate is going to turn out. It's going to be it's going to be very interesting as someone who doesn't know as much. So a lot of it is going to sound like a lot of babble to me probably, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure it'll still be fun and uh, I'm looking forward to it myself.
2: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Colton, why don't we get on with the show? Yeah,
0: so, you guys ready?
2: Oh, I am ready.
0: Let's do this. On with the manga fight, it begins. (laughs) So, if you guys listened to, uh, our last manga fight, uh, uh, between me and, uh, Barbara D. Rufi about our, uh, basically our discussion of uh yusei matsui and his works then you you're probably already sort of familiar with the rules but you know just in case this is your first manga fight you haven't listened to our previous episode essentially we are going to have our uh, our normal debate round we have uh five debate topics already uh for our two contenders to um uh for lack of a better word debate i guess um All of our debate questions are ideally going to take at least five minutes to discuss. Both contenders will have their opening argument. Uh, Both will have three counterpoints, which will end with a closing argument from uh, both of our contenders. And that is pretty much how uh, all five debate questions are going to go. So I think uh, with all of our rules out of the way, let's, um, let's get into our first debate question. And our first debate topic for this episode will be as such. Now, gentlemen, what
3: is the best fight in Inyasha?
2: Josh, would you like to go first as our guest?
3: You know, actually, I would like to pass.
2: Interesting, interesting. You want me to take the lead here?
3: I would, I would.
2: Hmm, give some time to think over your answer. I see, I see, I see the gamer playing. But for me, I. It has always been the same answer for me what my favorite fight in Inuyasha is. The final battle between Inuyasha and Sashomaru in Volume 52. Let me set the stage here. Sashomaru has just learned that the Insega, his heirloom from his father, is really just a piece. ...of the Tetsaiga, and that the mato he taught that was his birthright and his to master... ...was really just for him to master, only to give it back to the Tetsaiga, to Niasha, to his half human brother. That has always had a fu- complex with his father, and a rivalry with his brother. And that all comes to a head in this fight. This is the fight where Shomaru sets out to prove himself prove his own power against Inuyasha. Take using a shard of Kana's mirror, Seshomaru is able to re- replicate an exact duplicate I'm of sorry, the I'm sorry, Sid, your minute is up. <laughs> okay.
0: Alright,
3: uh, Josh, your opening argument? Well, I think that my opponent makes a good point in that Inuyasha and Sashomaru have been the hottest fights in this series, but he makes one fatal mistake in that he didn't actually pick the best one. The best one definitely goes to when Sashomaru comes at Inuyasha with the slight assistance of Naraku because you have all of the elements at once coming into play. We have a much more fierce fight between Inuyasha and Soshomoru because Sashomaru actually intends to kill Inuyasha versus being a convoluted ending to a very, very, very long plot to capture the fans' hearts.
2: Hmm. I'm not really sure what you mean when you say with the assistance of Naraku. Are you referring to the first time that, that happened? Because in the fight I'm referring to, Naraku is assisting Sashomaru. He gave... Uh, piece of Kana's shard to to replicated Saiga. So I'm assuming that you're referring to the first fight. And that's the first time Naraku interfered in the affairs of Sashomaru and Iyasha. And I can see some, I, can, I mean, there was some cool elements of that fight for sure. Like, Sashomaru definitely displayed, you know, a good deal of power. But it didn't really have quite as much going for it on a character level as the fight, the final fight between Inuyasha and Sushomaru. There is so much uh going on here and so much payoff to this long-standing relationship between these brothers and this is the culmination of stromer's character arc this is when he dis- finally decides to stop pursuing his father's power and discover his own power leading to later creating the boxiga in the fight with magasui uh
0: Josh counterpoint
3: well, it's not so much a counterpoint as further details. Yes, it is the—it's actually the second fight of Shishomaru versus Inuyasha, and Shishomaru not only is able to draw out Inuyasha's—you know—greatest power now that he has the Tasaiga, Shishomaru actually sets the groundwork for the Tasaiga, showing Inuyasha how to kill a hundred demons in a single stroke. Now, that being said, the fight also shows Shoshomu using his brain because he has to use a human's arm that has a a shard of a Shikon jewel. So you have that element. And not only that, but it also shows Kagome as a crucial character in the Inuyasha series because she's the one who's able to end the fight. Alright. Sid, counterpoint?
2: Sesshomaru is also using his brain in his f- in the fight with Inuyasha. Sesshomaru is no fool by this point in this fight. He knows that Naraku can't be trusted, and he's not playing into Naraku's game. He's fully aware of what he wants out of this fight, and he wants to prove whether t- Inuyasha was really worthy of the psycho or whether he was worthy of it, and he gets a satisfying answer, and more than that, he displays a tremendous amount of growth in this fight, a tremendous amount of character growth, in that he uh, is able to let go, finally, of his desire to hone his father's power and hone the Tatsaika, and he shows, he now trusts and respects Inuyasha. He leaves it up to Inuyasha to save them, to master the Meido, and escape from the Meido dimension when he falls into darkness. He leaves it up to Inuyasha. He trusts Inuyasha by that point, and it shows a tremendous amount of maturity from the characters that Shomaru was at the beginning of the series, while at the same time it also shows the growth inuyasha has and the potential he has i'm
3: sorry Your time is up okay very good points extremely good points what what is a fight if there is no intention to actually finish shishomaru as you said yourself respected inuyasha so his his goal his whole orientation was not to win that fight but to win an inner fight Which to me is a flaw when you're choosing what's the best fight. Because there is no bloodthirsty. There are no fangs being bared. And in Yasha, fangs are important because the whole entirety of the swords are wrapped around the fact that they are their father's fangs. And so now you're you're picking a fight without teeth. And Shoshomaru had teeth in that first fight that I mentioned between the two.
2: He still has teeth in the fight that I mentioned. He might not be going at Inuyasha in an attempt to kill, but he is still very aggressive. He's still trying to bring out the full potential of Inuyasha so he can display his own, pit both of their, themselves at their best to see truly once and for all which one is stronger with the Saiga in their hands. Like which one can hone their father's power the best. And it, Depends on, I guess, what you're looking for in a fight. Like, you can look for the raw, like, bloodthirsty, like, cool factor, like, the sheer intensity. Uh, But I think that this fight has that, but it also has just such deeper characterization. It's just deeper significance in terms of the character arts of both Sushomaru and Inuyasha. And it's such a much more pivotal moment, and it's such more meaningful fight in the series because of that.
3: I greatly disagree because at this point, the Tasaiga has already been established because of my fight. Without my fight, the Tasaiga is not even on the map yet. It's just a father's sword that grows big and doesn't do much beyond that. Uh, Shoshomaru shows that he is a very worthy heir to his father's power, and that alone, this fight validates everything that you're saying, but that's my point, and that's what makes this fight better, is because without this fight, the entire series kind of falls apart on later elements. The Shikon Jewel, we see its power here. We see the Tasaiga in its power here. We see the flaws that each of the characters have with Shoshomaru tossing the the poisoned beehive into Miroku's kazana. I mean, we see everything that's going on here and we still see how important Kagome is to finishing the series because she saves Inuyasha like Inuyasha tries to save her. Closing arguments, Sid.
2: Your fight is a very strong fight for sure, but I do think that your argument that just because it is the first time it displays the potential of all these elements that you're talking about that makes it the best. I think that is a fallacy. I think that the fight that sh- a fight that shows the pay- the payoff, the growth and the progression of these characters, I think that of this fight, my fight, the final battle between the storm room that pays off on the conflicts these characters have had since the beginning of the series and all their interactions and all their growth and their relationship with their fathers and relationship with each other. I think it all culminates beautifully in a very engaging, very intense fight and one that you leave very satisfied and like really looking forward to seeing where the characters grow from here as well as satisfied with how far that they have come.
3: All right. Josh, closing argument. Well, I I think there is a a major difference in the tone of the fight. And while it may not be a one-to-one comparison of, well, it's earlier, so thus it's better. What is very clear is that the intention and the artistic merit of each fight is much, it, it varies differently. The ending was long drawn out. Most people never even read that fight because it didn't carry the emotion. But they read my fight. And the reason being because it was packed with that emotion. And guess what? No matter who you liked, there was a character there that you could emotionally relate to on some level. And if you couldn't, you wanted to because they had that moment where you wanted to relate and built the series, boom, right there in a single fight.
2: All right. Well, Go- my fight also has all that and I think that it's uh I think that your claim that no one read that fight is a little unsubstantiated and also kind of unfair just because it's all right, of how long all right. Has That's it.
0: Is. That's it for round 1. I think when you when you de- when you want to debate, you know, what's the best fight in long-running manga such as this, I feel like when people argue what's the best fight, you know, some people have some people have different stock in different things. Like I feel like uh Sid was definitely arguing his fight was the best on the merits of its uh of its character development which you know usually I would um I would agree with but I also feel like uh Josh at some points during the debate also brought up a few points about about his fight as an actual fight itself. So I am really hard pressed here. And I really feel like the both of you made very good arguments. This is probably also one of those things that where it doesn't help that I haven't, I haven't Miyasha to get to this point, so I don't really have an opinion on either fight. So I feel like I'm kind of forced to declare this a draw.
1: What? (laughs)
0: What? I know. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I really, I really don't. I, I liked both of your guys' points and again I, I feel like I know this is supposed to be a debate, but I feel like uh I feel like it like I said, it's hard to declare a winner here because everybody has stock in different aspects of different fights, which I think are both important to bring up. So for now, I'm I'm gonna have to call it a draw. Oh.
2: Well, okay. I mean you're the judge, it's your call. Gonna be interesting, but that, I, I have to say, Josh, that was a really good fight.
3: Yeah, I was thinking, it's like, man, like you—that's cheating. Like, choose the last fight. Like, what is this?
2: It's not the last <laughs> fight, though. There's like plenty of fights after that. It's the last fight with Shishomaru. I mean,
3: it's,
2: I mean, it, it's the last fight between Inuyasha and Shishomaru, but I mean, there's still. Shishomaru still fights after that. He has he has fights with Magasui like two times, and yeah, then he's but involved no, no, in the it's... final battle with Naraku.
3: But let's be honest; like the Shishomaru versus Inuyasha fights are the best in the series. The only one I could have chosen uh, would have been the fight with the dragon when uh, with, Inuyasha. Yeah, when he's yeah. Yeah, exactly yes, when he's trying to learn the uh, the backlash wave. The uh, was it the Kokuryuha or whatever? Yeah. So.
2: I mean, there's some other fights that I really like in the series that I guess, I, I mean, I, just to mention some honorable mentions I was thinking about, uh, I was, I really like Sishomaru's fight with Moriomuru after Moriomuru uh, absorbs, uh, the turtle demon and he gets the shell armor, cause that's like a really, another really good fight for Sishomaru. cause that's where he shows that he really has empathy for another character for the first time, because he reacts so angrily when Moriomuru, like, uh, make, mocks Kagura's debt mm-hmm. and he, like, he makes and, like, he lets, that's the first time you see his emotions, like, move him and lead him to make mistakes, but also drive him, and so it's that that fight I always really liked uh, and then another fight that I really liked is Inuyasha versus Kana, just because Kana is a character, like, throughout the series that like, we really don't get to see much about, like, internally, but, like, this this fight kind of explores her a little more, and uh, it also she also puts up a surprising like surprisingly tough fight against Inuyasha with like her mirror demon that you know replicates Titsaiga. And like I, I think the ending of the fight, like, you know, how she just refuses Naraku's order to like explode in Inyasha's vicinity and take her and take them with her. And, like, that final act of defiance, like, I thought that was, that's such a great moment, as well as, you know, her, you, her and her last moments telling Kagome, you know, uh, how to defeat Naraku. So, I, I like that fight a lot, too. So, there are some, some pretty good fights in Inuyasha. But, for me, definitely my favorite is just that final battle between Inuyasha and Sushomaru.
3: I think the only one I would add to that is that the very, very, very first fight between Inuyasha and shomaru because it just feels so epic, like, they're, literally battling on their father's bones. There cannot be something more metaphorical than that. And looking back, I think I might have been able to you know make a stronger argument for that, but I just felt that the one I chose had a bigger wider selection of like attacks being used and different things thrown into play. I just really like that one especially because it was kind of the first thing I walked into in the series. So
2: Yeah, man. I mean, you can't go wrong with and Inuyasha versus the Shomaru fights. They're all pretty darn good.
3: Exactly. Bingo. Good good fight,
0: guys. Um, but now I think it's time for round two. Our next debate question will be, what was the most pointless plot detour in Inuyasha?
2: Oh, yeah. Inuyasha is certainly known for having a lot of plot detours. Do you want me to go first to Josh, or uh, do you want to take I this think, one? I uh, think...
0: I don't know. I was gonna say, yeah. It was uh, nor- normally, normally we would let the uh, winner of the last debate round go, but uh, since I declared it a draw,
3: I think actually Josh should go first since uh, Sid already went.
2: All right, let's hear it, Josh.
3: If Sid is comfortable with that, that's that's perfectly fine with me. I mean, I'm more than happy to keep going second.
2: I mean, no, <laughs> go for it, Josh. All right, lead off.
3: All right. Well, my pick would definitely be the whole rat situation. Um, The whole entire, like the whole entire arc, the whole entire, um, I don't even know what to call it. See, that's how meaningless this is, is that (laughs) there's no impact to the entire series. And it's actually kind of stupid that Inuyasha and, and co now have to deal with a sea of rats, demon rats going across the, uh the countryside here and they just devour everybody alive. You know, like when you see the mummy, um, the, the recent remake of the mummy with Brandon Fraser and stuff. And they have the scarabs. Yeah. It's like that. And that's all they fight. And it just turns out to be this one useless wizard esque character who has like control over these rats. It's, it's very dumb, meaningless, pointless, uh, side filler shit.
2: The yokai rats, the yokai hmm.
3: rats. Yeah, it's like a bunch of Rattata in Pokemon Go. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, Sid, your opening argument.
2: I mean, yours is just like kind of a mo- uh, a shorter little thing that, I mean, that was a plot detail, right? And I mean, yeah, some of those things can be frustrating. But I'm choosing something that took kind of a couple of volumes to go through and was ultimately come so pointless that when they did this in the final act, they abridged it really heavily. And I'm talking about the whole business with Dockey and the Dragon Tales that Zyga. Now, Dockey, if you remember, is a, was a sword that allowed, uh, that was able to absorb other sorts of demonic energy. And so after, like, a volume-long fight with the wielder of Daki, Toshu, Inuyasha gained the dragon-skeleton Saika, which allowed him to absorb demonic energy. But the problem was that, you know, the demonic energy, he couldn't, like, handle the demonic, the... Dragon Scale to Psycho without hurting himself. So you had to go through this whole thing where he had to find this demon, Niko Sen, in order to prevent Backfire from using the Dragon Scale. But eventually that was pointless because that was making him, like, turn evil and, like, when he used it. So that was completely poisonous. So then. I'm sorry, he Sid, had your time go- is up. Yeah.
0: Alright, so Josh, your counterpoint.
3: Well, my counterpoint is, yeah, I have to admit, that is kind of useless and pointless. But at least it involved major story elements. Like, you can literally remove the whole rat situation and miss absolutely nothing. And it's not even atmospheric. Like, you guys are fans of of shows like Detective Conan and, and Gintama, where there are literal points where you're just bathing in the atmosphere and the plot isn't moving forward and that's kind of the point this it's not even bathing in the plot because it's so convoluted it feels like it was pushed out just to make money so there's not even an artistic merit to this other than the fact that it was drawn by rumika takahashi but the thing is she's drawn better doujinshi she's drawn better covers than this um and literally this feels so wasted it's not even exciting to look at So you're forced to look at this. Yes, granted, it's shorter. But thank God, because otherwise we never, ever, ever get another adaptation of Vinyasa because this was just so bad.
2: Your thing isn't completely about any character development. There's, like, stuff with Kohaku and Kikyo in that. And, like, that Kikyo kind of sees that Kohaku ha- is, like, pretend- kind of pretending to still be Amnesiac on the side of Naraka. So there's some setup for that for when Kohaku later joins on with Kikyo down the line. And, of course, there's some more Hakudoshi being duplicitous stuff that gets into play there. But... Yeah, it is fillerish, I'm not gonna lie about that, but my thing is also super fillerish because again, we have this whole thing where Inuyasha goes after Nikosan to try and like find a way to use Dragon Skeleted Saiga and that's like a volume. A volume they spend for- Freaking, you know, going after this Nikosen demon. And ultimately Nikos the Nikosen stuff is pointless because Inuyasha can't still use Nikosen and Dragon Skeleton Tiger because it turns him back into his demon form and whatever, and that's no good. So he has to go to the he has to go to Yore Taizai and you know learn how to cut like Yokai whirlpools and whatever. And yeah, and that's a whole nother thing. Time but up. ultimately, Please.
3: Well, here's the thing, is that by getting the Dragon Scale Tasaiga, that actually proves really crucial in being able to absorb the, uh, the final form of the Tasaiga, the Miedo. Um, because, as you mentioned, that was necessary to actually end the series. And so the Dragon Scale Tasaiga stuff, although convoluted, is part of the plot. Like, it has to exist. The rats don't.
2: I'm not saying Dragon Skeleted Saiga was completely pointless. I'm saying that all the events in that freaking mini arc were was completely pointless and could have been abridged so heavily. Like very specifically, I'm kind of talking about this Nikosen stuff. Like the whole thing with Nikosen and like them trying to go the them tr- this whole process with trying to Inuyasha trying to uh, you know, handle the dragon scales power without turning, uh, without backlash, and then like the, the ultimately the Nikos and stuff is useless. And like a volume later, he has to have, still has to go and learn a new technique from Uri Taisai. So that entire like story, a mini story arc, is like completely pointless. And that's why the final act, like thankfully, cut it out. And so we just go straight from Inuyasha getting dragon scaled to, you know, learning from Yurei Taizai. Like, Richard Shrine Rats thing, sure, but, sure, like, it's not as, it's like, it's it's not, nothing that significant happens from it, sure. Like, but there's still, but it's also it takes Time's way up. less time, and it doesn't feel quite well, as pointless except as, like, yeah. that
3: you needed to know what the Dragon Scale to Saiga could do. And at least here, you see that happen. I mean, the fact that we're spending more time kind of arguing about the Dragon Scale to Saiga and this whole arc of yours just kind of proves how minimalist and absolutely nothing there is to talk about my choice. And I think that actually helps my argument because there's nothing there. Like, it is literally just filler, even by manga standards. I mean, like, it makes the stuff in Bleach look more to the story. So long story short is at least in the end of you know the conclusion of your choice I see that okay it plays a role in the very final of everything. So yeah it was kind of necessary to suffer through. With me it's like hey yeah you remember the rats? No. Like I, I bet you half the people don't even remember that because they blocked it from memory of being so incredibly horrible.
2: I really should have clarified at the beginning that I was specifically trying to argue the Nikosense stuff more so than the a dragon scaled arc as a whole. My, you have. I mean, you have your. Po- I mean, the shrine rat stuff. The whole gokai rats. Sure, that's not that. that that's not like a, a, a like super important stuff, I guess. But it's, but you just still get some characterization moments with Kohaku and Kiko. There's still some setup there. Like, you're not, It's and it's so short, like, it's like one episode in the anime, so it's not like completely pointless. It's It doesn't feel like a complete waste of time, like Niko-sen is. It's not like, literally, oh, Inuyasha needs to go and do this in order to use Dragon's scale. Oh, nope, that doesn't work. Uh, we gotta do this. Like, why it it's just completely boggled my mind why Takashi did. Like, why didn't you just go from Inuyasha getting Dragon Scale straight to learning from your like, why did we have to do this whole Nikosin thing for a volume? Uh, to me, that's more frustrating than, like, the Shrine Rat thing, which is, like, four chapters. And it, like, goes by so fast. And there's still some nice characterization stuff with Kohaku and Kikyo. And right, kinda, I kind of like those characters, so that's fine.
3: All right. No, go ahead. Let let him finish. I want to hear the. I want to hear his All finish. All right, go ahead and finish it.
2: Well, I mean, that was basically. I was basically done. Like it's. I, I, there's stuff with Kohaku and Kikyo in that that I really like. I like the dynamic it sets up a dynamic between those characters that wasn't there before and that pays off later down the line when Kohaku later joins Kikyo for a little bit and then it and also you know we get some more Hakudoshi like uh, sneaky stuff and you know I, I like Hakodoshi sneaky stuff like Hakudoshi, he was entertaining Nikasen what the f-? Nikasen wasn't entertaining at all and like he was—he was, he was a complete waste of time. Like, uh, at least could get had get some entertainment from the shrine I think Well, Niko said when after that was done, and like we find out it's completely pointless. Like uh, the next like fight or whatever later when you know they do the flame sword stuff it's like wow. What what was the point of that? Come on, okay. seriously. Well,
3: do I get another chance to go, Colton? Uh, nope. We are up to closing arguments. Okay, but it's my closing argument first? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I guess my closing argument is the characterization that you mention quite literally is so passing because, it, as you mentioned, it's only four chapters long, the entire arc, so two or three panels, to me, don't count as characterization, whereas you get actual character moments. Like, Inuyasha is actually half. He actually fl- you know fluctuates between half human, half demon, and that actually is more characterization than the entirety of what I mentioned. And so, I mean, it's so rare. How often do we get to see Inuyasha flip between the two?
2: All like the once, time? Twice? Like, that girl, she brings that... That brings that plot point back. Somebody yeah, died throughout the we series. Get it,
3: we get it once or twice, and then we get it here again, and it should be relished. Whereas the rats are literally so horrible, and whatever you mention as character development is like ten times as much just by size over in uh, in your choice. I mean, the rats are useless; they didn't do anything. It could have been solved perfectly. And look, the villain is, is Naraku. Why are we fighting rats? It doesn't even make sense in the story.
2: I can argue the same thing about Nikasen. The villain is Naraku. Why are you fighting this stupid demon who doesn't die when you cut this head off just because Inuyasha needs to learn a way to use the, the dragon-scaled sword, but it d- doesn't even end up working. They're, like, absorbing Nikasen's power because it turns them into half-yokai, and the half-yokai thing doesn't end up going anywhere. Like, again, that's why Final Act with Smart in cutting that out because ultimately it was pointless. Now, with the Shrine Rat stuff... Well, they cut Rat it stuff, out for get...
3: production, not so much because it was pointless. Is like when you only have 26 well, they episodes. Made a,
2: they made it ch- they, they had to choose carefully what they should cut out, and that was something I think they were very smart in cutting out. Now, with the Shrine Rat stuff, I mean, it, that's mainly an arc about Kohaku, and that's mainly from his perspective, and that's a good characterization arc for him, because this takes place after the whole uh Underworld arc that we just had, where they went to get the final sheet Jewel, and that's where Kohaku, you know, finally broke free of Naraku's control, and, like, realized, like, what he had done, and now is trying to work and, uh, try and, like, work under Naraku in order to All defeat right, Sid, Naraku. All right, you are
0: over time. So
2: the
3: by fighting rats that's the master plan all
0: right all right guys debate over um okay so again you both you guys both are making a lot of very good points i I can't really help but agree with both of them but i feel like i feel like i have a better idea of uh who i want to pick as the winner um again i feel like um I feel like same as the last round. This comes down to this comes down to what we want to deem as useless material, and um, uh, a lot of the stuff Josh was bringing up with the rats. Um, from how he described it, it seemed short enough, but I could understand. Uh, I-, I could still understand uh, going through a long running series such as this and having to deal with. Uh, this sort of minor detour And being like well that was a useless thing I guess we'll move on If I had to pick uh, which one I think uh, Would be the most frustrating I think it would have to be uh, The longest detour And I think the longest detour Obviously seems like uh, This stuff that uh, Sid was bringing up With dragons and whatnot. I-, I know so much about Inuyasha That's why I'm in seeing this <laughs> <laughs> Read the
3: rats and get back to me
0: Read the Nikosin stuff and get back to me. All right, so the winner of this round is Sid, and uh, we are going to be moving on to round three. So, guys, I want both of you to pitch Inuyasha as a Hollywood live-action film. All right, uh, opening arguments. Sid, you go ahead and start.
2: So, Inuyasha is like a 56-volume story. There's no way to tell that entire story in one film, and I don't even want to try to do that. Instead, I want to focus on what makes Inuyasha the best... Uh, what What's the best, like, most appealing part of Inuyasha? And to me, that's the relationship between... Uh, to me that's how Kagomi and inuyasha interact with each other and how they facilitate each other's character development and inuyasha's character arc in the series you know learning to love and trust again embracing his inner humanity accepting his identity as a half demon so i want to focus the story on that earlier part of the series uh, instead of like doing the whole shikon jewel shatters into a million pieces thing we can just have the shikon jewel be stolen by who makes sashomaro the villain make him a great contrast to inuyasha as Inuyasha is this half demon who has a part of humanity, as this very cold, very emotionless, full-blooded demon. Have that antagonism relationship between the brothers and make the plot of that movie just the, uh, store, that, that storyline where they, uh, go- where Inuyasha and Sashomaru clash, where they have to go after the dead Saiga visit in, with their father's grave and then Also add in, though, the character development that Inuyasha gets through his interactions with Kagome and how he grows.
0: All right, Josh,
3: what's your pitch? Well, I think in order to make Inuyasha successful, you have to focus on the characters, and then you can rearrange the story however you see fit. I think the main key is going to be between the love interest of Kagome and Inuyasha— and then, of course, uh, Shoshomaru. And so that way, no matter what part of the story you pick, as long as there's a fight involving those characters, you're good. So I think actors is going to be really important. I think you want to get uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman, to play the lead role of Inuyasha. Mm. I, think that, uh-huh. I think at that point, you should instantly go over to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and uh, he should be Shoshomaru. And at that point, I think for the, the the female lead, you have quite a bit of leeway. I would prefer to do a double of Kate Beckinsale, have her play both Kagome and Kikyo. But if you don't want to go that route, you can say, well, the reincarnation has changed. Kagome, you could do um, maybe like, what's her name? Uh, Emma Stone. She might be a best pick. So... If you focus on those main characters, and of course, you can go into other characters as well, um, which of course, you know, I will do as we go forward. I think that will be a more successful film. Capitalize on the actors, and then the story will follow. Hmm.
2: I I gotta be honest, I didn't think quite as much about actors for this. Uh... I think definitely we need some for as far as we need someone who can really really good at directing like fantasy worlds. So I was definitely thinking about James Cameron because he's a fan of anime and he's also done some good fantasy as well as romance stories. Like at least uh, so I think he would be a good fit for a project like this. But actors, I need to think about for a minute here. Uh, Shoot, I'm not good with actors. I mean, mainly I was thinking about just the story. And story-wise, I just was really... I think that just keeping that dynamic between Inuyasha and Kagome Central uh, is key. And I think that, you know, just since we're catering it to American audiences as a you know Hollywood film, I guess one change that I would have is that we'd... Ha, we we like we'd still keep like the essential element like we'd have Kagomi traveling to feudal Japan but you know we could, I guess we could we could have like Kagome be living in America so there's we're also adding this layer of like a reconnecting with her Japanese heritage as like a Japanese American kind of second gender right, gender time immigrant. over
3: all right well I'm thinking you know director might also play a, a big role so I got a, a great pick on that but just a further punctuate on the cast i think martin freeman who played bilbo baggins and uh, watson from sherlock would be a great mioga he has that funny little voice he could do some great voice acting um i think you could get maybe even if you want cumberbatch to play noraku i mean that might be a little overwrought um so maybe it might be better to pick someone like um guy pierce who has a little bit of that that sleaziness he was in um (sighs) memento which was directed by Christopher Nolan. But, I mean, again, going back to director, you got to get someone who can do immersive worlds and make you feel invested in things that seem totally and completely foreign. And I I would go with George Miller. He did Mad Max Fury Road. He knows how to show strong characters, which is something that might be a little bit nice to see. I mean, if you approach this from a slightly feminist route, because... Kagome is technically the main character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well approach it from that from that perspective and give George Miller the reins to make Kikyo absolute or Kikyo and Kagome, but mostly Kagome, my apologies, misspoke there. Uh make her the star and then let the boys and everything go All right, out time up. on their own. Hmm.
2: George Miller. I mean, he's a great a- he's a great action director, but I don't I feel like his style doesn't quite fit Inuyasha. Inuyasha, I think, means kind of a softer touch, if you, if you kind of get what I'm saying. Like, uh, the Mad Max movies, those are like, like dystopian kind of, like, fantasy worlds. Like, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's kind of where, it's like a very oppressive atmosphere. Like, it's very, it's very rough. It's very dirty. I mean, Inuyasha, I think it's, a, it's like more of a, color for a fantasy setting it's more of a nice it's more of a sto- a lot of the setting is very like kind of a historical like period piece i think james cameron is well equipped and you know he's well worst and enough to do something like that like he can take kind of the skills he did working on stuff but like on titanic and avatar and he could implement it here and like he still has that great action touch and that's why i'm looking forward to seeing his battle angel alita uh, movie coming out like i I'm, I'm think that will turn out well so I, I feel cameron is a better choice than miller i feel i, ju- I just think he fits the kind of series Inyashi is best like miller that's more fist of the north star to me
3: well with the exception of you got to think of that whole entire scene or half of the movie that takes place in in the dark and uh It's all blue. I think that would be perfectly uh, utilized to capture kind of like that miasma and like the very evil, oppressive feeling that Inuyasha has very often. And Mad Max had plenty of color in it. In fact, that's what one of the big praises of it. And despite taking place in a dystopian desert, it has color. Just imagine if now you give George Miller the ability to actually have you know scenery uh, that actually grows. But uh, I think the major flaw in Europe you know approach that so you don't have a cast, I mean, you have a director, and he's kind of done some stuff, but like look at the stuff he's done recently. He's kind of been a little bit of a hack director now that may be off topic, but you know George miller big hit um he say he's gonna do Inuyasha. you already got momentum behind him
2: hack director James Cameron's directed like a lot of amazing movies, Terminator, like aliens like ty- i mean. Sure, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to say that I love Titanic and Avatar, but with the style of those kind, with those movies, like, the way he handled romance, the romance aspects in Titanic and Avatar, as well as, like, the fantasy kind of setting of Avatar, I feel like that makes him, I feel like he would bring, like, the skill set, uh, uh, uh like, then the know-how, like, how to, how well he did those movies into an Inuyasha live-action film. And I mean, what a great you know, what a an, a great scriptwriter who knows the property to you know help him. Like I think that I think the project would turn out really well. And yeah, I mean, I I, I just not I'm just not an actor person as much. So I guess that was a fatal flaw that I again, I was thinking about it. But I was I just didn't come up with anything before going into this. But I mean, I think I mean one person I guess like thinking about. Seshomaru is that? I feel like someone like who who has like really, is he's kind of like a, a who's kind of a pretty boy, but also can do kind of a dark edge. I think Ben Affleck might be all right. Sishomaru. Time up.
0: Who knows. All right, so we're on to closing arguments, Josh.
3: I almost laughed at that Ben Affleck comment. But to save my time, um, you choose James Cameron. Basically, what you're choosing is you're going to have to wait another 10 years because, (laughs) you know, he hasn't made a movie since Avatar. And the movie before that was Titanic. So it's literally been 20 years and he's only made two movies and only one of them was half decent. He's Um, made
2: other movies besides those.
3: The other thing that you have with James Cameron, if you pick him, the only thing you're guaranteeing is that the movie will literally be as long as the manga series. Uh, whereas you choose George Miller, there will actually be a point. It'll actually be an enjoyable film that can reach audiences and actually say, "Hey, look, Inuyasha's good." And picture this: it'd open up for a Ron Mahaff movie.
2: Why would why would making Inuyasha movie lead into the Ron Mahaff movie?
3: Oh, well, because there are Mika Takahashi properties.
2: I get. I don't know. I I don't know if I'd assume one thing would lead into another. But like with George Miller, your argument. I think your argument, like, against James Cameron is flawed, because what were the films George Miller directed before Mad Max Fury Road? Uh, the Happy Feet films, Bay Pig in the City? Yeah, those are, uh, those are real (laughs) masterpieces, Josh. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I think that your argument there is a little flawed. Um, I, I think I just think Cameron would be a better man for the project, just based on how diverse his filmography is. And I, you know, I don't think that it would necessarily make. I mean, it's not, we're not arguing arguing when they're going to make these movies. Just you know, when if I any mean, other movie was being made, who would you want to see attached to the project? So, uh, assuming that, you know, Miller finishes Alita and then his Avatar films, like, if Inuyasha was the next project, I would be super excited about that. And uh, as far as Affleck goes, like, everyone laughed at him being Batman, but he pulled that off, I think, and I don't know. One of the worst
3: movies of the century.
2: But he was the best part of that movie. Everyone liked him in that movie. All right. That's
0: another debate for another time, guys. Uh, All right. So... Ah damn it, this one's really tough too, because i'm not gonna lie. I, I at first I felt like um Sid brought up some 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 very good a, a very good choice in in uh in directors for this hypothetical Inuyasha movie. Honestly, I kind of have to i kind of have to agree with that choice of James Cameron. I feel like uh his softer touch with a lot of his movies I feel like would be the thing that Inuyasha uh could use for a live action adaptation, but I'm kind of torn because I feel like just in terms of the debate in particular, uh, I feel, I feel like Josh conveyed a lot of his points while I'm not sure if I uh, really fully agree with them. I feel like he conveyed them a little better. So I was having a tough time uh, uh, deciding who the winner should be until, uh, you know, both of you guys had brought up, or I guess mostly Sid had brought up uh, the, I guess the difference in, in the um, in the catalog of work between James Cameron and George Miller. Uh, I don't know uh, Sid's argument about George Miller being the director of Babe, Pig in the Big City. I I don't There's know, your Josh. Touch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like in terms of just pig, just um, just. Th- th- Yes, uh, the the vision of 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 what this live action hypothetical live action movie could be, I feel like I'm gonna have to pick. Sid God damn it,
3: dude! I had like you can't get a more perfect cast <laughs> than uh, than what I suggested. God,
1: I, mean, I, 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 I will think, I will give yeah, you points. I, I, you really did good. you did.
0: God, oh, I, the cast was really good. I I did forget to mention I because at first I I thought Josh had done a better job not only not only conveying what his vision for an adaptation would be but i also i just felt like he he was a little more prepared with a few more ideas than sid's but i also feel like sid in this case kind of sort of understands a little better uh what kind of directorial style something like this uh would require so that's why i will have to declare sid the winner for this debate
2: I, it's next time I got. I really gotta prepare with the actors better. I was just. I was so caught up in the in the idea of the plot that I completely forgot about the actor part, and that was such an important element. Like I was thinking about it, but I was. But I think about it, but I was just so. As I for for me, I obsess over like construction of the story more so than like other elements. So that I usually focus on those aspects more than like actors or whatever so i don't like i haven't immersed myself in actors quite as much as like directors or like writers or and stuff like that so
0: yeah that's i was i was really afraid at first because it seemed like uh the both of you guys had both of you guys had good ideas but it, it was like it was like if it's it's like it's like you guys were both like one half of another human being one you know one half you know solely focuses on one thing while the other focuses on another
2: if we did a fusion dance and combined our ideas together it would be pretty i think it would be pretty damn amazing
3: i just want to say hey you know just because uh george miller actually did children's movies as like ah oh, that's unfair you can't say like oh yes those are cuz like they were shitty movies sure but, like, those were, like, a totally different audience than Mad Max. I think, of anything, that shows a good range. Because, like, James Cameron has directed his own fair of shit movies, but...
2: Yeah, but he also directed Terminator 1 and 2 and Aliens, which are, like, some of the greatest movies of all time. True, so. but he
3: also did Piranha 2, The Spawning, and, <laughs> Ava- and Avatar.
2: I mean... So it's like, yes, because, I,
3: I mean, maybe he'll adapt the rat section with Piranha 2 behind his belt there.
2: I mean, I think we can say that both both uh both filmmakers have their have their amazing movies and their duds so i think they're both on the same level kind of there
0: all right but uh good good round guys really enjoyed that one um josh you are gonna have to catch
3: up somehow i know shit gotta win (laughs) everything now
2: (laughs) i mean you might have a chance with these last two who knows but i never say never Colton made a mistake with that last time.
0: Hey, uh, hey, Sid, shut up.
2: I will say one last thing, though, is that I'm sure we're going to have like a pitch JoJo's as a Hollywood live action film when we do our JoJo fight, and I will make sure to get some actors lined up for when we Oh, when no, we no, just that. have
3: the actual bands. <laughs>
2: that would be, oh my God. That would be, uh, amazing.
3: Man, that would, that would be really Actually, weird. Who's that really, really, what's his name? The really, really, really old guitarist from Yes.
2: Oh, um the oldest guitarist, oh, John God, Howard. Yeah.
3: John Howard, have him play. <laughs> Joseph Jonathan,
2: have him play. He would be great as Epley.
3: You know, have him play like dried up old <laughs> Dio, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting there on his guitar, like actually playing the opening for Roundabout.
0: He's I'm just like, oh, he's yeah, just at the bottom of the sea in, in the coffin. He's got his
2: body, and he's like, "Well, well, fuck, what now?" Playing his guitar in the coffin. (laughs) With just a head. It's just a head. He's playing his guitar in the coffin.
0: But anyway, uh, I think it's time we move on to round four. (coughs) Now, guys, which iteration do you prefer in terms of Inuyasha? Manga or anime? Sid, opening argument goes to you.
2: I think the anime is the superior version after all, I think a lot of people get more exposure to the anime, and they get into the series through the anime. I think there's a good reason for that. Like, the voice cast in the anime is excellent. Everyone gives great performances. The OST, one of my favorites of all time, an excellent OST, but so many memorable tracks. And it's just a really fun show to watch, especially back in the day when it was on every day on Adult Swim, like every night. And they kept, and you know, it's was just a really fun show to keep up with. And I think there is a reason that it has such long longevity on Adult Swim. They played it for like 12 years. Second longest running anime on Adult Swim after Cowboy Bebop. I think that the anime, you know, has a lot of things going for it. It's a lot of fun to watch and it takes the manga and it elevates it in a lot of places.
0: Alright, Josh?
3: Well, the only reason it ran for 12 years on Adult Swim, because that's how long it took for everyone to actually watch it. Um, (laughs) The thing is, Inuyasha manga has a lot of convoluted parts to it. That's that's pretty obvious we had that topic. But it has that sweet Rumika Takahashi art. And guess what? It obviously got a lot more exposure than the anime because the anime wouldn't have been made if the manga hadn't been successful. And the manga is still being printed today. Uh, Where is Inuyasha now? It's not airing at all. But the manga, even in America, is still reprinted.
2: Wow. The anime is also, you know, re-released. Like, Viz put out some new edition of the season sets, actually, recently. Like, they put them out... Like on Blu-ray and stuff when they re-release the movies. Like, Inuyasha as a series, both anime and manga is still pretty popular. It still gets reissued pretty regularly. The series isn't on Adult Swim anymore only because, well, they let the hat to... With the way they run now. they have to let their rights lapse to things. Like, if they were still operating the, the old ways, they would still have Inuyasha. But now, because they get so many licenses, they have to, you know, have to let some things go. They don't even air bebop anymore. But, back to the point, sure, obviously, the manga had to have been popular for the Inuyasha anime to get made. But, that does, but still, that me, that's true of every manga to anime adaption. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the monkey is necessarily better just because it had to be the first thing to be popular. Now, the anime makes many, it's anime with the, uh, benefit of foresight can, could make changes and could adjust how it told the story to its benefit.
3: Well, I'm kind of a purist, and uh, I think the manga is superior in that regard simply because it comes from Takahashi herself versus the anime. You have a lot of hands touching it. It's not particularly well animated. It's trying to catch up to something that is just simply more elegant. I mean, Rumika Takahashi's art style is something that even when she's drawing complete nonsense is beautiful. And it's almost visceral in the way that you can relate to it everybody's beautiful. And you know, you can say, "Oh, well, it was recently re-released on Blu-ray." Well, yeah, because the sales of the manga are carrying that. It's still being read today. It's still held up as this wonderful series, but not because of the anime, because everyone mocks the anime, but if you mention the manga, I mean, that is where the everlasting name, the, the name of Inuyasha, it really is coming from is the manga itself.
2: I mean, people mock the anime and manga in equal measure. People had problems with both back when both were still running. And I think that people are still getting into the series both ways. I still see people just randomly when I'm downstairs, like, cooking. Like, sometimes I've seen people watching, like, Inuyasha, like, on their computers. Like, I've seen that happen sometimes. And, you know, it surprises me when I see it. But, you know, it's still a popular series and it's still a popular anime. And you can't really say that the manga sales are carrying the anime sales. those are like completely separate things. Like uh, the if the manga wasn't if the anime wasn't selling, that doesn't mean that the manga was not selling or vice versa. like they don't really have necessarily anything to do with each other. I don't and I think that the anime's character design still Carry that same Takahashi aesthetic. I think they still, you know, capture the essence of their series, and I think that because they can use color and in, 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 more freely, like they can create an atmosphere to the series that Takahashi couldn't quite create in the manga. So that really enhanced the series more horror vibes and more like and. It, and it, and you know, right, accentuated some of its more violent scenes.
3: All right, go ahead, Josh. Well, you mentioned, oh, okay, finally we get the color so we can make the atmosphere, but uh, the main atmosphere well, first off, they, they get the colors wrong half the time. Mar- Marika Takahashi actually picked specific colors. Inuyasha actually wears pink, uh, the anime got that wrong. Now, at the same time, all of the atmosphere is set perfectly in the manga through uh, different types of of, of shading not colors. So the color thing, I mean, if Yurimei Takahashi wanted to use colors, she could. She's known for being a great watercolor. And, and sometimes she does that. But her story in the manga is much, much more attractive. And it's much more mature because she can show more visuals in the manga in a way that moving images kind of falls... For some reason, showing more images can sometimes defeat the whole purpose of showing a still moment. When it has to move, when it has to breathe, when it has to sound. And sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words, but with an anime, they're trying to force those words and it actually ends up being worth less. It cheapens the whole thing. So when you have wonderful moments in in the the manga, like Kikyo and Kagome meeting for the first time or Kaguya's death, they breathe.
2: I think that those moments are still impactful in the anime. I still think the anime does a good job with them. Like, even, you say that they, the, that they, because they use, have to use more images, it takes away, it, by adding, it actually subtract, subtracts from the scene, and I disagree with that. I think that, in many cases, that they're very smart with how they present a scene and how and how they execute it to, like, present it in a way that's equally good, if not better than a manga. Kagura's death scene, you bring, since you brought that up, is a scene that is my favorite scene in, in-, in Inuyasha. I love that scene, and I... And that's not only one of my favorite scenes in the manga but I actually I love that scene even more in the anime. It really tugs at my heartstrings in the anime because of how they use color because of like the blood the red blood dripping on that white field of flowers because of the how they set the pace in the anime. How the voice actors deliver their lines, the music, that scene of Kag- of that fetter floating up in the wind in a way after Kagra has passed, while her voice actor says, I am the wind, the free wind. It's just such a powerful scene. it's so good in the anime. And that's an example I would put as an example where the anime took what the manga did and Time's elevated up. to another level.
3: Well except the fact that it still got the colors wrong and forced Rumika Takahashi to change her work because someone wasn't paying attention. And all of what you've mentioned is much more majestic in the manga because through it uses this this ability of you having to assume what happens between the panels. And because it does that, it becomes personal versus here's what happens, guys. And it kind of falls flat when compared to Remika Takahashi's treatment. I mean, she has a wonderful way of making everything beautiful without color. And everything that the anime provides was using a basis from Takahashi's manga. And in many cases, it actually fell flat and uh, ended up becoming kind of watered down. Unfortunately, the manga is the superior version.
0: All right. uh, Closing arguments. Sid, you first.
2: I mean, I definitely think that Takahashi has a very deft touch, and I love her artwork. Obviously, I'm a huge Takahashi fan. I think that the anime, though, does a great job in capturing what's so great about her artwork and transplanting that into a moving medium. And yeah, Takahashi is a master of her craft, like at this, uh, at the point she was writing in she's been a mangaka for 20 years and she so she had this expert ability but the animators, the team working on Inuyasha also knew their craft well and so they were able to do Inuyasha justice as an animated show just as well as Takahashi was able to do Inuyasha as a manga and I think in several cases they really got the essence of the series down and they were really able to Bring it up with the advantages that anime as a medium has over a manga, that being sound, color, uh, characters, uh, voice actors being able to give performances to these characters, you know, breathe some more life in the characters, and movement, and all sorts of other things that makes uh, that separates animation from a medium from the medium of manga. And I think they did that well uh, in the Anish, anime. All
3: right, Josh, closing argument. I'm just not feeling the passion from you. It, it seems like you're making excuses of you know, for the anime versus just admitting that you prefer the manga as well. And that's okay. Because the manga is still being collected in multiple volumes for everybody to buy from Viz Media. It is carrying the anime sales because anime only remains relevant as long as it is a name to be heard. And the manga does that. I mean, crap. It's one of the first things that people go and read in Barnes & Noble for crying out loud right next to Bleach and Naruto. <laughs> so, I mean, Inuyasha is here to stay because of the manga Um it was only a thing because of the manga. So, from a pure, you know, a purist level, I mean, like you have to enjoy the manga. If you like the anime, the manga is just that times two, and that's that's the end of the argument, really.
0: All right. So, this one's kind of tough too, because again, like I've been saying, you guys, you guys both bring up good points as usual. Um, I feel like I don't know. I. Maybe not as much as Josh, but I feel like i I feel like sometimes I could be as purist as well, so I want to agree with Josh on a lot of his points. I mean what he's saying is true that you know without the manga, there wouldn't be an anime um but I mean, Sid also brings up a few good points about the anime and what it like like uh, I think what Sid was trying to get across was that the anime, well, yeah, the anime wouldn't exist without the manga. Is also it's 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 one of the Inuyasha is one is one of those anime series like Dragon Ball and Naruto and Bleach or whatnot that sort of serves as a as a stepping stone uh, for new anime fans, and I think that's also important as well. So.
3: I just keep hearing those excuses for the anime. It's like, "Hey guys, you know, like here's something, but like it's still got tons of stuff wrong." Mm,
0: but we've I'm pretty sure you guys have also um has have also said that either manga or anime Inuyasha still has quite a few flaws either or.
2: Yeah, I mean, both versions are troubled, but I think that the anime adds more to the experience.
3: Less is more, baby, less is Jeez, more Jeez,
0: this, act, this actually I'm, I'm actually kind of stumped But I, re- I really don't want to have to I don't want to have to call another draw I really don't want to and
2: I feel that maybe next time I Next time we do A debate, we should have A panel of people on standby For second opinions In cases like this
0: Yeah, and there might,
3: might be something else that look at all right, I'll judge this one. Oh, oh, Josh okay. wins.
2: No, no, no! You can't.
3: No, no, no! What? I'm just trying to help.
1: <laughs> oh, uh,
0: yes, yes, sir. What, what, what do you, what do you say over there? It comes in Josh with a mustache. Well, I, I do say I believe that uh, I agree
2: with Mister well I'm sorry, the manga's better. <laughs> No, 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 I say, I say now the anime is better. Yes, I do. Yes, sir. Mm.
1: Huh?
2: Huh? Well, what say you,
3: Colton? It seems that like Colton must make a decision for we are at a standstill.
2: Yes, it seems we are at an impasse. What say you, Colton? What say you? You're
3: not going to be one of them filthy anime people, are you?
2: Yeah, I thought this was yes. called
3: the Manga Mavericks.
2: Well, technically, this is called Manga Fights.
3: So it's about the manga. So why is anime even a factor in this?
0: I uh, honestly, the more I think about it, this might be controversial, but I feel like I feel like just really on uh, on the popularity of the anime alone, I'm gonna have to go with Sid.
3: God damn! I'm
0: so- I'm sorry, Josh.
3: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> manga
0: Mavericks prefers the anime. <laughs> I want you to win. I really do. Shit, I'm showing my bias. Now that mean. the
2: debate is over, now that the debate is over, I can say I I, I so agree with Josh that the manga's better
3: than the anime. <laughs> well, we knew because you're gonna have to take that stance. So it's like ah, oh.
2: yeah. <laughs> God. I mean I have I have my problems with the anime I think my biggest problems with the anime though is, sa- is the sound design like I don't know listening to the anime Actually, though, I it just think gets on my no, nerves no dude just, the sound
3: design like the music that uh, that OST is done by the same guy I who did Cash and Sins and that is like the best element. I love
2: the OST I'm not talking about the OST I'm talking about just the way that the sound comes out of the sh- show I mean it's like the sound effects it's the mixture of the voice acting sound effects and the, uh, and, the and the soundtrack like just the entire like how the audio is mixed like the OSD on its own I absolutely love it but just something rubs me wrong about the way the show sounds just as a whole like it just feels so loud to me and just the placement of the OSD just feels so inappropriate to me just I don't it it just really bothers me when I watch it I I watch it a lot of the time it's just gets it's something that can get on my nerves and more so with the uh, with the original with the original like run of the series and not the final act. Like, I think they improved in the final act I enjoy final act a lot but like the with the original series is like uh, it, there are some times where the sound what I should have pressed is like on. when you're
3: talking about the dub or the sub because I think there is a little bit difference there but
2: I mean I, I definitely think the sub sounds nicer than the dub see but I kind of uh, like think-
3: Richard Cox's voice.
2: I love Richard Ian Cox's Inyasha. It's just, I mean, I love both Cape and uh, Richard Ian Cox, but I mean, I I, I like the dub cast for Inyasha. It's just that this, again, the sound mixing, it just feels off to me. And it, it feels off to me in both versions, but e- even more so in the dub.
0: All right. So uh, I think with that, we should move on to our final round.
2: Yes, the most important question, the question that fans have debated since the very beginning of the series, the eternal debate that has never subsided, even 20 years later, even after the ending of Inuyasha. Yes, the eternal debate. Go ahead, Colton. Yes, the eternal
0: debate. Who should have Inuyasha gotten together with, Kikyo or Kagome? Opening argument goes to
2: Sid. The greatest shipping war of our age, mm-hmm. truly. Kikyo or Kagome? For years, people have debated this question. I feel that Kikyo, though in particular, gets kind of a bad rap when, really, as a character and as her relationship pertaining to Inuyasha goes. I think she was the better choice for Inuyasha ultimately. I think that the connection that the two of them shared, both of them emotionally distant people finding for the first time uh, compassion and, uh, and a human connection with one another. I think that was very powerful. I think that was a bond that was just so strong, a bond that transcended time and even and I think it's such a more powerful bond than the relationship Inyasha would later have with Higome. I think that the relationship Inyasha had with Kikyo was just so powerful that it should that Inyasha ultimately should have chosen Kikyo. He should they should have tried to get over their their feelings of betrayal and hurt and come together again. And they should have ended up together again.
0: Uh
3: go ahead, Josh opening argument. Well, you know that meme where it's like, who are you? I'm you, but stronger. That is literally Kagome right there. She is the better version of Kikyo. You know those girlfriends who just won't leave you alone, like they're really clingy? Well, Kikyo is basically that, except she won't leave you alone even after she's dead. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess if you're into necrophilia, sure, Kagome is the better pick. But uh, long story short, Kagome... I think the relationship between Inuyasha and Kagome is perfectly uh, summarized in the first movie when Kagome's on the other side of the well and literally they speak to each other through time, through dimensions. They're able to share a moment together. And Kikyo, her love ended with her death.
2: That's not true. Kikyo still held feelings for Inuyasha even past her death, even past betrayal. I mean, that's part of why, like, the... A uh, part of why the betrayal hurt both of them is just that they they cared so much for each other that like it, they they. They, in each other, found for the first time someone who they could true they truly cared about and who they truly shared this human con- connection, this deeper emotional attachment to. And they broke down their barriers, both of them, like being around each other and through the connection that they had. And they developed, like, this mature, like, relationship, this real understanding of each other that continues throughout the series, even after Tika's Revival and then later in the series as, you know, she mellows out and, you know, and kind of regains kind of her composure and her, her understanding of what she needs to do in the fight against Naraku and, you know, they become allies again. Like, we see that they have this mature rapport and this understanding with each other. Like, they know each other more intimately than Inuyasha and Kagome ever truly got to know each other until, you know, obviously the end of the series where they get married or whatever. But, like, I think Inuyasha and Kikyo just had this more intriguing dynamic as well as this more uh, fleshed out and mature dynamic that I think was more interesting and mutually beneficial to the both of them than Inuyasha Kagome.
3: All right. Josh? Well, I think the fact that, you know, at the end of the series – Kagome still ends up with Inuyasha I don't I mean obviously that's what Mika Takahashi herself chose so I don't know why this is really an argument but uh you know you say that they had such a deep relationship I mean Kikyo and uh, Inuyasha had such a deep relationship except that uh, it was not deep enough Naraku was able to come between them I mean true love conquers all except that Naraku conquered Kikyo and uh I mean where was love during that I mean Inuyasha he needed a moment after she died so that way he'd go cry into the arms of Kagome and uh, that's fine I mean like how many times has uh, Inuyasha been you know, calmed out of his demon rage by Kikyo never. Uh, it's always been by Kagome. Kagome's always been there for him. And even when Kagome fails, Inuyasha falls back into, you know, the trepidation of Kagome, or Kikyo, sorry, falls back into the, you know, this, uh, this trap of, of Kikyo. I mean, like he quickly realizes how manipulative she is and how vindictive she is and says, you know what, Kagome's just the better girl. I'm going to stick with her. And guess what? Kagome brought, uh, you know, Inuyasha back to the family That'd be a great family. Kikyo does that, and uh, yeah, the sister was still kind of like, yeah, I don't really trust Inuyasha. He's a brat. I mean, I I, I don't know. You ask me, you know. I think
2: uh, Inuyasha has like a motherly relationship with Kaede. Like, you know, after he wakes up, like, I, I he has, he has, he trusts Kaede. Like, I don't I don't see that being a problem at all. Like, ultimately, and this whole idea of Kikyo being manipulative, vindictive, he's not manipulative and vindictive, like, when her feelings towards Inuyasha were, like, were, like, un... We're not misled by Naraku's interference and like what he did to think they betrayed each other. And like afterwards, once she kind of comes to the realization of what Naraku did, she you know makes amends and she and she learn and she trust becomes is able to trust Inuyasha again. And like she still holds feelings for Inuyasha, and he still holds feelings for her, and so you know, the whole Naraku betrayal thing, if like he did that with Inuyasha and Kagome, like, I don't think Kagome, I think that Kagome and Inuyasha would still take that amount, a fair amount of time to learn to trust each other again, and even then, only after they, you know, learned that Naraku was manipulating them behind the scenes. I think that ultimately, you know, Kikyo, she ha has, she has more to uh, she has more to offer Inyasha in terms of being an emotional support and Inyasha has more to offer her in terms of being her emotional support because right, they're t- very similar
3: Well, okay. So to start from the very beginning, Kaede sitting there and like, okay, yeah, they have a motherly type relationship. Uh, No, do you not remember the very beginning of the series? Kaede was like, no, don't touch Nyasha. He's evil. Like very clearly did not like him. I mean, that's kind of a rough, uh, rough family life when they're sitting there and calling your spouse evil. Uh, whereas Kagome, you know, they didn't even have to fear Inuyasha. There was no fear that Inuyasha was going to harm them. Like, Inuyasha was cool. Like, you know, he's sitting there in the kitchen and Kagome's mom even makes, uh, makes supper for him. I mean, what the hell is that? I mean, there was no relationship like that with Kikyo's family. And part of that was because Kikyo was so manipulative. She was so manipulative that even Kaede was not immune from that. And you say, well, no, she wasn't. She really showed her feelings when it counted. Yeah, but half the time she was on screen, she was trying to kill Inuyasha. So I don't know when do the feelings count and when did the killing stop? Because quite literally, that's all Kikyo was really there for. Um, She wanted to kill Kagome. I mean, like, that's one of those crazy exes. You know, she's literally after that. I mean, look, Kagome is literally just more accepting of Inuyasha. Inuyasha had a change for Kikyo. He wanted to change to become human, but he realized and embraced himself and Kagome also accepted him, and that's what true love is about. You say, "Well, what if Naraku ended up doing the same thing to Kiki uh, to Kagome?" Well, he couldn't because they had true love.
2: Inuyasha and Kikyo also accepted each other as who they were, and you're and you're. The comparisons between their families are like two different circumstances. It, like Kikaiyari thought at the beginning of the series that Inuyasha was the one who betrayed Kikyo, so obviously she would have that reaction. Like, and Kagome's family, they don't even know that Inuyasha is this demon from feudal Japan. Like, they think he's just some weird dude who hangs around Kagome. So, obviously, that that's two different, like, re- reactions that are obviously going to necessitate there. But after Kaede, you know, learns to trust Inuyasha, like, yeah, she has this motherly relationship with Inuyasha. Like, they trust each other after that, and, you know, and they can conf- talk to each other about Kikyo, and as they often do, like, when something major happens, you know, between Inuyasha and Kikyo. And then, as far as... Uh, I mean, as as far as Kikyo... I mean, I think that just, ultimately, Kikyo as a character... I feel that she... I feel that more so than Kagome. I mean, she has... She, Kikyo gets a bad rap because she has to go through all this... She. I mean, I've always understood. I never understood why people like this. Uh, taught that her vindictiveness and taught that her her like trying to, her like lashing out at Inuyasha and Kagome at the beginning of the series was was so unbelievable. I mean, she taught this was like the first person she ever really cared about, and she taught him. And-
3: Well, you're right. There were different circumstances. And the main circumstance being that they didn't care who Inuyasha was. They accepted him. And Inuyasha was finally adopted into the family, whereas that was never going to happen with Kikyo. He was going to have to change and literally deny part of himself. He was going to have to leave his father, who his dad really cared for him. Um, and leave that whole side behind, he was going to have to de- you know, deny his whole birthright to-, to Saiga, which means that he would not have been able to defeat Naraku, which means if he had chosen Kikyo, Naraku would have won. I mean, that's it. Uh, he chooses Kagome and the world is saved. I mean, that's a pretty simple choice to me. Kagome has always been understanding, even when she was pissed. And here's the thing. Kagome understands Inuyasha better than sometimes Inuyasha understands himself. Uh, That scene when Inuyasha first transforms back into a human and she's nursing him back to health and realizes that she kind of has a crush on him. And then Inuyasha realizes, man, I really want to protect her is magical. And that note is carried throughout the series. Whereas the note that Kikyo is introduced on is ominous, um, foreboding. We know it can't last. And, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And that's why she didn't make it till the end of the series. And even Rumika Takahashi got rid of her.
0: All right. Closing arguments, Sid. You first.
2: I mean, it's very hard. I mean, yes. I mean, it's hard when you to debate that point. But just because Kikyo did was killed off before the end of the series, she didn't make it the end of the series, but. At the same time, like before Naraku interfered, like Iash and Kikiko had this really intimate connection, and they would have like pursued that connection, and they would have ultimately come together and lived very happily with each other. I fully believe that they would have lived happily with each other, and they would have this close intimate bond that only two of them shared, and that they were the only two people they and and Inuyasha would only have that kind of connection with Kikyo. Kikyo would only have that connection with Inuyasha, and that's such a special relationship, and that's such an intimate and very powerful relationship. And I think that they could have attempted to re- rekindle that if you know it wasn't for the constant, constant interfering of Naraku, and then him ultimately killing Kikyo, like as the series went on.
3: All right, Josh. Um, look. It still comes down to if he had chosen Kikyo, Naraku would have won. It still comes down to the fact that he chose Kagome and the world was saved. The Shikon jewel is something that is extremely powerful and guess who has it? Kagome. So Kikyo obviously was not able to handle that because look how that all turned out. She was so selfish. She's like, oh, I'm going to take it with me. And that's kind of the whole problem. So if anything, Kikyo is responsible for the problem. Now, granted... um. Kagome is flawed but you know what love is about accepting someone for their flaws and Kikyo was in you know totally unable to do that as soon as she thought Inuyasha had a flaw she tried to kill him in fact that's how Kagome finds him and uh, Kagome uh, was a reincarnated version of Kikyo and guess what she is the better version it's kind of like she stepped through the purifier's fire she absolutely loves this boy and treats him in such a way where he can now grow up to be a man and vice versa. I mean, it's a better pair, and it saves the universe.
0: All right. Um, I feel like this one's pretty easy. Again, as as someone who is a bit of an outsider to Inuyasha, I feel like even I am gonna have to go with Josh on this one.
2: Yeah, as you should, as <laughs> you should. <laughs> you, have, you have to go with Kagome. I'm- I, I, you could tell how hard I was trying, how hard, hard I had to struggle to justify Kikyo. I, I, re-
0: <laughs> I really wanted to believe in you, Sid. I was waiting for you to convince me. Listen, but... I
2: I love Kikyo as a character in of herself. Like she's probably my oh, absolutely everything. Fort favorite character in the series. Everything you were saying like, was I absolutely love her character right. Development.
3: Absolutely right. But the problem is, yeah. like Takahashi makes her so unlikable on all those elements that I touched on. It's like. It's not even fair at that point. So
0: really, we should just blame Taka.
2: I mean, not even that, but Kagome, Kagome and Iyasha do, like, grow, grows through their interactions with each other more than Iyasha and Kikyo did. And Kagome does have a deeper understanding of Iyasha than Kikyo ever did. Like, Josh was totally right about that. And yeah, and uh, Kikyo and Iyasha couldn't be together. Because the fact is, like, Kikyo, when she was right, she... Didn't come back to life. She was just basically kind of a specter, and she, the a constant struggle she had throughout the series was still clinging to life when she was basically little more than a zombie. You know, she, like it was inevitable that she would have to, you know, return. She would have she would die again. Like the uh, any con- any t- attempt to rekindle like the romance between Inyasha and Kikyo was ill fated. It was doomed because Kikyo was not really still alive anymore. She was basically just... She was barely clinging to life in a body that wasn't even flesh and blood anymore. It was just this, like... It was just this, like, makeshift body of soil and her soul at that point. So... Kikyo was just a tragic character from the start, like, I ne- at no point in the series, when I was reading for the first time, did I ever think that Kikyo would get together with Inuyasha, not just because, obviously, Inuyasha and Kagome are, like, the lead characters, and so, lead relationships, so obviously they would get together, I mean, I've read, I mean, i read, I've read, Takahashi's other stuff but it's just that Kikyo as a character that wasn't like the point of a character there was like at no point where Takahashi goes out of the way to say that maybe Inuyasha and Kikyo can get together actually Takahashi makes it very clear that they can't that they, they they just cannot rekindle that relationship like that time is gone and Kikyo's time on this earth is is gone too. And she is fated to return. She's fated to die again.
3: I should have just argued, Hey, why would you choose a, like a bunch of dirt over a real woman? It was whoever. See, I feel like that was an unfair topic to be hundred percent honest. I think maybe what would have been cool is what, tr- you know, who, you know, name a ship. That's not an official <laughs> ship in the Yasha and, and which one is better. Cause I, I totally would have gone with, um, hmm. uh, Kagura and, uh, or Kaguya and uh, Shishomaru. Uh,
2: that's what I would have. Got.
3: See, like that is the best ship though. That's like the best one.
2: Yeah, I love their relationship so much. Um,
0: but uh, but unfortunately, I think it's pretty clear that Sid has won the debate round.
2: But it's it's not over for Josh yet. We still have the speed. Well, round. To be
3: fair, two of them were draws i won one and
2: no only one of them was oh that's a draw. right two
3: of you, you won it was a draw and then okay that's right that's right because uh, yeah math it's it's hard
0: yeah yeah math is math is very hard i, math I is hard like
3: my chinpo y-
0: yes <laughs> sure and so it is now time for the speed round otherwise known as josh's hopeful uh redemption um so from- i have a quick
3: question about this here yes is it is it in combination of debate and speed round whoever wins the most topics or yes okay
0: pretty much yes so
3: time to bring the fire
0: yeah i'm 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 personally i'm rooting for josh i want to see him win sorry i probably shouldn't be sh- oh, i probably shouldn't be showing my bias oops it. i forgot i'm the judge i'm sorry i have to root for the underdog i can't help it
3: i will defend the sweet name of the wave motion cannon
2: and I will defend my title as a Takahashi Tard, <laughs> as my brother likes to call me.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is something to live up to. Yep.
0: <laughs> but um, as for how the speed round usually goes, um, we will again have another five debate topics, uh, except obviously this being speed round, uh, each of them will take significantly less time. So... Pretty much we will have our opening argument, our counter, and then our closing argument. Each will take about 20 seconds. So that's 20 seconds for both uh, both Sid and Josh. So let's just get this underway with round one of the speed round. So which sword would you rather have? Tetsaiga, Tensaiga, Tokijin, Banryu, Daki, or Baksaiga? Hmm.
2: Well, obviously, I I choose the Tetsaiga. It has so many forms. Like, there's so many options to use with it. Like, you have the red Tetsaiga that breaks down barriers. You have the black Tetsaiga, which has the Mato, the dragon-skeleton Tetsaiga, which absorbs the mining energy. I mean, come on. There's so many options with Tetsaiga.
3: All right, Josh, go. Tensaiga. I would choose the opposite because not only in the end do you get the most powerful attack that actually saves the day, the Miedo, uh, you actually can save people's lives, which is the only sword in the entire series that can do such. And that, I think, on an emotional level is much more appealing.
2: Tensega can bring people back from the dead, but they can only do it once. And also, after it gave the power of the Mato to Tensega, it Sashonaru can't use the Mato with Sega anymore. So Tensega is, is the only sword that can truly use Mato and use it in its full form. And the Mato is like an amazing technique. Like, nothing can like survive. Like, that's just an amazing attack. Right. Like, nothing can beat that.
3: Counterpoint? Granted, yep, it's an attack that came from the Tensega So, I mean, that's where it started. But the thing is, basically, the other option of the sword is literally a Dragon Ball wish. The sword itself can bring someone back from the dead. Granted, only once. But hell, it takes all seven Dragon Balls to do that. You can now do it in a sword. And I think that's just, again, much more humane and much more appealing emotionally.
2: You won't need to do that to bring anyone back from the dead if you have Tetsaiga and you can save people's lives. Plus, Tetsaiga can't bring people back from the dead who have died naturally, only people who have been murdered. And if you're able to have Tetsaiga and stop people from getting killed in the first place, then that's the better option.
3: Except that the Tetsaiga specifically is made for killing. And if someone has passed on naturally, that's fine. But it's the murder victims. Imagine how many crimes you could solve. Imagine how much evil in the world you could right. How many wrongs you can make right if you can actually bring the innocent back.
0: Okay. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. Both of those do sound pretty cool. But yeah, I, I will say that when te- with 10 Saiga, it would be pretty convenient to be able to uh, bring back whoever you are protecting and maybe uh, g- g- give it a second crack. Um, so I think uh, Josh makes a better argument. <sighs> honestly,
2: honestly, I was... Thinking about choosing T- Tenseiga, but then I thought, uh, you know, Tensega has so many more options, maybe I should go with that. But... It's like
3: a Swiss army life, but can your Swiss army life bring people back to life? No. Yeah,
2: honestly. That's the T- one thing it can't Honestly, do. I guess Tensega would be the one that I would rather have. But yeah, well argued.
0: Alright, on to round two. Who was the most useless slash pointless character in Inuyasha? Josh, you get the opening argument.
3: Fucking the spider chick in the very beginning. I forget her name. She does nothing. The hair? Yeah, the hair chick. There you go. That's what I meant. She's useless.
2: Seriously, Yura, she's a one-shot character, the most useless character by far. Shippo, he's supposed to be a main character. What does he do in the series? Nothing. He's just there to provide useless comic relief. Shippo is an utterly pointless character, and I often joke about how useless he is and how you could just take out the take him out of a, any scene at any point in the series, and you lose nothing. He All is right. worthless. Josh.
3: Actually, he makes Kagome more relatable as a mother figure, and in fact, for many ways, he's more self-insert. He's like the childish version of Inuyasha, whereas the hair chick is just there. like She doesn't do anything. She's one shot, like you said
2: ship barely has any meaningful relationship with Kegowain and Inuyasha that's and, worthwhile at all, or, 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 like, develops their characters much at all. Like, he's just a, a bratty little tag-along who has this rushed arc at the end of the series where he has to become, here, goes to this Fox entrance exam or whatever, which is Which is played for laughs and also completely fillery and pointless. Like, Shippo just adds nothing to the series.
3: Well, as true as that may be to some level, the fact is he is a main character. And actually, Shippo is the first chance Inuyasha has to show that he can actually do good in the world by avenging Shippo's dad. So even if Shippo were a one-off character, he still has more value than that one chick who does what? She's just there. Like that's it. She's just there for a fight and boobs. Alright,
2: Sid? Yeah, at least you're of the hair is hot. Shippo? <laughs> Shippo is a fucking <laughs> annoying brat who is supposed to be a main character, but he does absolutely nothing in the series past his stupid introduction arc, which isn't even, like, the, one of the better early stories in the series. And, like, Jinenji the Jinenji story shows Inuyasha's capacity for good far better than the Shippo All right, story time- does. Shippo sucks. I hate him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, um... I feel like I have to go with Josh on this one.
2: Oh! Oh! oh, oh <laughs> darn! Oh, that
3: Fox Magic fucked you over, baby. In- <laughs> well, I, I... I do
0: sort of ag- I, I kind of agree with Sid in the sense of again like even even from the few episodes of Inuyasha that like I may have caught on Adult Swim at like three thirty in the morning or whatever. Yeah, even I can see that uh, Shippo isn't he's there for comedic relief and he doesn't really do much else. But I mean, like, I guess at least he's there, and at least Shippo's
2: you know,
3: introduction actually gives Inuyasha and Kagome character growth. Whereas like Kana or whatever her name, not, not Kana. What was her name? What? The hair chick. What's her name?
2: Yura of the hair.
3: Yura. Okay. Uh, At least, I mean, like. She's
2: a memorable character. Like a lot, I think a lot of people would like to have seen more of her. She was fun. She had this cool wire ability.
3: I totally agree with you. But the problem is with Yura is that she is literally that quote unquote second manga villain where it's like, well, we can't go into the story. So we have to have them do something. So like she's kind of like, like, I don't want to say the Haku of, you know, of Naruto, but basically she's the Haku of Naruto. I mean, Haku is
2: a little more significant. Haku is a more significant character though.
3: No, but my my point is the same is that Haku is like the first Haku and Zabuza are like the first big villains in Naruto that actually yeah. like get you involved in the characters without having to sacrifice, you know, any story plot significance, you know what I'm saying? So I
2: think Yura is more comparable to like someone like Elvida or Captain Morgan than Zabuza and Haku.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but anyway, yeah. I, I it seems like from what uh, from what you two are discussing, it seems like it it seems like at least Shippo had at least one or two purposes to to for him being around. Whereas this other chick doesn't seem like she really serves much of a purpose at all. So I uh, that's why I went with Josh okay. on this one. But uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we're gonna move on to our third round. Oh God, I'm afraid for my life. Uh, who is best girl in Inuyasha? Opening argument She's goes Shomaru's to mom.
3: goes to Josh, the hottest Okasan.
1: <laughs> all right,
0: that's all
3: right. my opening argument. Period. Shomu's mom.
2: Uh, so, is that It's your pick. I'm too? going <laughs> with what? No, I, I'm going with Kagome. Like Kagome is relatable. She is on kind of the same. Level. She's a pretty smart girl. She's a do getter, and she's actually very strong and capable. And Sushiroku's sure, mom, like, she's a hot milf, sure, but like, she's also kind of a cruel, callous bitch who doesn't give a shit about her own son. So, yeah.
3: But that's kind of what makes her hot—is that she doesn't care. And, like, she's not tied down by any of the bullshit that Rumika Takahashi has. And the fact that she can just tie up, you know, just show up and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm really hot. I don't give a fuck. Here's, like, the ultimate sword, son. I, that's, that's that's a turn-on to me. Waifu of... Uh, Takahashi Waifu of the Year. All right. Sid?
2: Yeah, she, she was... Suchumar's mom was gonna let him, like, die in hell if he didn't figure his own way out. She was like, ah, that, that, that would have been too bad. Whatever though. But, Kagome would care about you. She would, like, try and figure out a way to save you. Like, Kagome is someone you would want as a companion. And Kagome is someone that... You know, who would care about you and you could empathize with, you could have conversations with, like you could have an equal relationship with. You can't, like, have an equal relationship with Shishomaru's mother. She's going to be holding the power and then she's going to have your life in your hands. All
3: right. Closing arguments. Go. But sometimes that's more attractive. I mean, like, let's look at the let's look at the facts. Shishomaru's mom. Nice. Kagome fucked up the jewel, started the entire series.
2: Kagome isn't the one who fucked up the jewel. That was Kikyo's fault. You argued that yourself, and Sasuke. So My I, argument changed. No, uh, she mean, shot
3: the arrow, fucked it up.
2: Uh, No, well, <laughs> that you can. There, there's a whole other. There are whole other things about that, but. The thing with Kikyo Kagome is, is that she's a dependable partner, and she's someone that you could see yourself having a wary, loving relationship with. And to me, that's more appealing than a relationship with the Shomaru's mother, who is who doesn't care about your life at all, doesn't even care about the fact that her husband had an illegitimate child, doesn't care about her own birth offspring. All
0: right, time. All right, um. I think that both of you have made very compelling arguments. <laughs> can I just say, uh, so, hmm, yeah, this is this is real tough. I uh, I think I'm gonna go with Josh on this one.
3: Whoa, Whoa. What? that surprised even me. I totally would agree. Like Kagome is more of a character, but dude, that it's it's that it's that sweep milf action. Like you don't get much of that in manga.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, gu- guys. Like wow. I, I'm sorry. Like I kind of. I kind of like my MILFs, too, and I especially like my MILFs, too. I should, I have, known, like I should who, have known since you just, love Otose <laughs> that you would you know have the MILF. Okay, I, I, have, I have an age limit, Sid.
3: <laughs> Otose As is more
2: his hundreds of years old. U- Uchu
3: Senkan Amano, thank you very much. <laughs> Jesus.
2: um, Yeah,
0: but, I mean, I don't know. I think this is just one of those things where I feel like mine and, mine and Josh's tastes actually are kind of the same. Uh, So you per... you. Per,
2: you hey, don't uh, say perfect because you you're, you're totally
3: into bench. that too. <laughs>
2: I guess. <laughs> 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 That's true. That's true. So, to show her mom is a very attractive woman for our, her age. Yeah, our,
0: don't we don't we all love milfs? Let, let's just admit it. <laughs> all right, so on to round four. Best story arc in Inuyasha. Josh, go. That would definitely be.
3: That's a, would say the opening arc, um, and that cuts off, from my understanding, right at the end of Shomu versus Inuyasha when he gets the Tasaiga. Um, Actually, you know what? Yeah, I think that is the best arc. All right, Sid, go.
2: For me, the best arc is the final arc of the series. That's where everything comes together. All the character arcs just pay off absolutely wonderfully. The final psychological battle with Naraku is so great. And like, it's a really great payoff on all these characters and the relationships. And it, I get just so much satisfaction revisiting it and reading it. Whereas I honestly don't revisit the Inuyasha versus Sesshomaru that first, that first big right, arc. Time. Like a whole, as much. Josh, go.
3: Well, the final arc is basically a rip off of star Wars where Naraku becomes the (laughs) death star. Um,
2: Eh, not really. Yes,
3: Barry. They have to get to the core to kill him, but it's only two meters wide, and you have <laughs> Are you to.
2: Serious? No, that's, that's not. No, yes, that's not. It's exactly he's, like he's exaggerating. that. And they're
3: bouncing around trying he's to get rid of the tractor beam and shit because they can't escape until they kill Naraku. It's the exact same. At least in the beginning, it feels majestic. Uh, you get the sense that this is actually a feudal fairy tale.
2: Uh, all right, Sid, go counterargument. I mean, I think you're overblowing that Star Wars mirrors. It's not that similar at all, aside from the fact that Naraka turns into this giant spider ball thing. It's but not a the, moon, it's but a space like, there's station. there's just so much... And there's so many great... Uh, there's so many great Awesome pay- character payoffs in the final arc, but with the relationship between Inuyasha and Kagome coming to its full head, uh, especially like you know when they're in the Shikon Jewel and they have to call out to each other, and Kagome you know refuses making a wish, uh, an ill fated wish on the jewel because she believes and All she right, knows time. Inuyasha will come to her.
0: All right, Josh, closing argument.
3: It's no moon. It's a space station. That was a joke that was made by the scanlators of Inuyasha themselves, the people who stuck with the series (laughs) for the entire thing and scanlated it, made that joke. So it's other people agree with me. I mean, that was a joke in the beginning. At least, uh, you know, with the Shoshomru fight, it's majestic.
2: Yeah, so is the final battle with Naraku. It's like, it's so awesome when all the characters come together and they're just staring down Naraku. And it's just this amazing moment. They all attack him at once. And so says is a total badass with the book and he does the most damage to Naraku. But everyone plays an equal part in taking him down, and it's just so satisfying to finally see this guy go down. And it's so satisfying. And all the encounters all right, and time- in that arc are satisfying. Okay,
0: so I'm not gonna lie, guys. Uh, no BS. Um, I'm not sure if I really have a. Um, I have a really good idea of. Um, I, 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 I feel like I feel like neither of you guys have convinced me which one is the better arc. So I'm gonna have to use my own judgment here. Uh, I mean, while while what Josh brings up sounds very hilarious and very uh, very silly, convincing. I I feel like in ter- in terms of long running manga just in general i feel like i have a lot of series where you know um where we're like I get, it it depends on the series so it varies but i feel like generally speaking um yes i'm going to look back on the beginning arc of a of any manga and go you know what that was fun i really like looking back on it it was it was so it was enjoyable and it really sets up a lot maybe you know the, there's the, well, there's some good merits to this after all whereas i feel like the final arc of a series is always probably going to be i feel like in general maybe uh, objectively better just because of a lot of Sid brings up where i feel like a final arc in general is going to have so much payoff and so many may, maybe maybe even a callback or two that you're going to think wow we've we've really come so far and Wow, like, you know what? I I really enjoyed that journey. So I feel like just speaking in general, I feel like I'm gonna have to take Sid's side on this one. Sid, I feel like, wins the debate. Yes. But but I but I will but I will say that I I still feel like the both of you guys didn't really do a very good job on your own really convincing me which arc was the better arc, so
3: I'm gonna dig up that scanlation image and send it to you. And then I expect a <laughs> recount of this vote. Okay.
2: Uh, I I I read official translation, so I was unaware of this. Yeah, so
0: thing. so 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 Sid isn't a filthy pirate like you, Josh. Boy,
3: this was before it was even being published, like, up to that point. Like, I was mm, reading it as okay. it was being published in Japan. All so right. It's like, man, what options did I have? It's not like I had an official option at that point. All, all right, fine. I'll, I guess I'll give you that.
2: I mean... I can see the, I can see the Star Wars comparison. I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I think it's not as, I don't think it's quite as, no, uh, I as it, but that's, explicit as Colton yeah, is. I yeah. overblew
3: it for sure, but
2: that's no, part no, of the no, now I'm
0: inuyasha, because that, that does sound kind of yeah. dumb, and I like that.
3: <laughs> it is kind of dumb.
0: All right, and now, gentlemen, it is time for the final round of the speed round altogether, in which I want you both to pitch me a sequel to Inuyasha. Opening arguments. Sid, you go first.
2: I think it would be really cool to see a sequel to Inuyasha with another female protagonist, like the offspring of Inuyasha and Kagome, going out into the world and dealing with a changing Japan, like a Japan transitioning into the more modern Japan we see in the fe- in like the present day world of Inuyasha from the feudal world, and like how that affects the yokai, and like how that. How that in how that uh, the relationship between man and yokai change changes Time as uh, that modernization occurs. All right, Josh.
3: Very similar idea, except it it hinges on the um, Westerners coming to Japan and hunting down all the yokai. It's the offspring of Kagome and Kikyo. It's a fourth demon uh, girl or boy who now has to try and save demonhood and lock it away in a way that it will preserve it without destroying it. All
0: right, Sid.
2: Well, I mean, that could be an element in mine. I think that the core concept of mine, though, more so than, like, having uh, an antagonistic force that is, like, purely suppressing the yokai, it's like this interplay, this changing dynamic between man and yokai that's affected by industrialization and modernization. And then kind of a more, like, uh... Kind of a more like uh, in- a more contemplative discussion between this realm of the supernatural and then Time the up. industrial.
3: Well, I feel like although it could be an element in yours, I feel like it needs to be the main element. And the reason being because Japan has always had a schism ever since it was introduced to the West. And the yokai can represent the super eastern side of Japan, the more traditionalist. And then from there, it can be a struggle between East versus West with the Obvious Westerners being the West, and then yokai being the East.
0: All right, Sid.
2: I don't. I'm. I don't know if that's quite the angle I would like to see. An uh, Inuyasha equal goal, because I think that this conflict, especially with a protagonist that is also half demon, half human, like this conflict between the demon and the, the demon and human worlds, and the human world kind of overtaking, suppressing the demon world. Uh, like I think that conflict, like which kind of side the character, want, the character wants to side with, and then which world she, identi- she or he identifies with. I feel like Takashi is better in terms of writing right, the character started. relationships and development along those lines. All
3: right, well, Josh? I feel like if you introduce the time dilation thing like Kagome did, what you'll end up having is literally, um, if I make any changes in the past, it'll change the future that I already know and love. And so the character has to walk a very, very, very fine line between, do I save the yokai, or do I help them, or do I defeat them, do I side with the Westerners? And then that also affects the current state of Japan, and that opens up for some very contemplative and very intellectual conversation about the current state and the past of All Japan. Right. All
0: right, that's pretty much the end of that round, and... um, hmm, Okay, so... <laughs> I really feel like I am liking a lot of the ideas that Josh is bringing up. So, I think I'm going to give it to him.
3: I feel like we were kind of arguing for the exact same thing, though, to be honest.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think there's like, semantics is kind of like, uh, well, yeah, I want this to be the focus. I'm like, uh, I want this to be the focus. But yeah, like, they'd be the exact same things, just how they'd be presented, I think is really what we were arguing Basically. about.
2: Yeah. I mean, at least for... In consensus with that, though, we both kind of want to see the same kind of thing out of me. Well, you know what, actually,
0: that is a good point. (sighs) See, I don't know. Now I'm actually kind of rethinking my my decision, because you guys really did kind of, like, bring up a lot of the same ideas, but I guess it's just a matter of what you guys would focus on more.
3: (sighs) But, hmm. Is there, like, another topic we can bring up, then, or... Hmm.
2: I mean, I I had other topics that we could, you know, use uh, if you want to. I like I kind of like your idea though. That wait, what to- series would you want to see? We want to go Takahashi redraw. That could be a fun one to debate. Mm. If you want to do that,
3: I'd have to stop and think about well, I that.
2: Got, I don't know, but I guess Colton, do you want? What, what do you want to do about this match, though? Do You want to declare it a tie? Do so, you wanna it I a mean, title? I don't know. Like or, honestly,
0: with.
3: Well, technically, it was Sid's idea first, and because, you know, it was his idea first, doesn't that kind of invalidate my argument? So, I mean, honestly, like, if I had to say, like, because it was Sid's argument first, he kind of wins that, so... Josh,
0: that's a dumb idea. (laughs) <laughs> but may I propose that I give Sid the round on the basis that he technically came up with the idea first.
3: That's exactly and what that I is said. And that
0: is totally my own idea and nobody else's. But,
3: yeah.
2: Oh, that's the point. No, it's an no, 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 <laughs> Um so
0: So I'm going I'm to give Sid the round uh, on the basis of my idea alone <laughs> and, and not Josh's. <laughs> it's not Josh's idea. It's mine because I'm the MC. I can do whatever I want. So, so I'm going to give this round to Sid. Because he did come up with that idea first.
2: Well, and that means like when I guess
0: that definitely
3: does. I have to bow out. You <laughs> are the better in the Yasha fan, my good sir.
2: I am most certainly a Takahashi tard. Truly an <laughs> honor to be proud of.
0: <laughs> Man, I, honestly, I was um, I was kind of worried for Josh because uh, Sid was really kicking his ass in the first round, <laughs> and then it seemed like Josh was going to make a comeback, but Sid, Sid took it away.
2: Yeah, but he'd made a damn good combat, and he made some really strong arguments this whole way through. So, um,
0: so, Sid is the winner of this
3: second manga fight. Dang. Well, I would be kind of surprised if the manga mavericks could not defend their own territory, so, for any listeners, beware, <laughs> the manga mavericks are not to be taken lightly.
2: That's right. That means I'm 2-0 for winning manga fights
0: that's right you, you did you did li- you did win the last one, didn't you yeah, oh man
2: so that so i guess i have the current winning streak, so I'm the guy to beat oh
0: man basically uh yep, so um, I think that's it for this ep- for this episode of uh, of manga Fights. no
2: no not 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 entirely Colton. you're forgetting that we had a we had a q and a question oh
0: di- oh no. from oh did we I, I i didn't forget i was just testing you.
3: <laughs> it, was, it was all Colton's idea. Yes, it's all Colton's idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so uh, go, go so- ahead and read it, Sid. W- w- what do we get?
2: Yes, yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I wanna, I sent out a lot of, uh, tweets and then I posted on a couple of places, you know, trying to get some questions and, you know, topics for us to discuss and show. Didn't really get a whole lot, but I did get one from my friend Spark Spirit on Animation Revelation, who, one, who asks us, how would we have made, a. Uh, so how would we have tied in the pacing of the series since he believes it's the number one issue with the series that even its fans will uh, readily admit to?
3: It's mm. a good question. Yeah. W- w- what's your answer, Colton?
0: <laughs> um, someone who is um, really not into Inuyasha at all. I mean, just, just don't read it. Like I mean, if, if you really don't want to deal with the pacing, then you, you don't you don't have to read it. I mean, no, no
3: one's whoa, whoa, that's not an option for uh, the Manga Mavericks. You should read every manga.
0: Yeah, exactly. Jason Thompson uh, would be
3: would be sad. Uh, hey, look,
0: buddy, I love manga, but
2: you I'm, should even read Kedomo no Gikan.
3: Ooh, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I draw I'm not going to say
0: read every manga. I would. I think that's pretty. <laughs> Uh, yeah, give, give all manga a chance, but I mean, uh, uh, some exceptions
3: do apply. But Inuyasha's not one of those exceptions. I guess not.
0: But no, ser- but no seriously, guys, you, you guys would know better than I would.
2: Yeah, so for me, I think that there are two big stretches where the series really drags. And that's like after Naraku is introduced, and so there's like this basically 18 volume stretch after Naraku's introduced and I kind of dubbed this like the hunt for Naraku portion of the series and that's basic because it basically deals with Naraku like being established as a villain and then him is like uh subordinates being introduced and then you know there's some development with Inuyasha you know getting some more techniques for Titsaiga, and then a introduction of Koga and then some other things and whatever but it's like The pacing of that is just... It feels very long. And I think this is the part of the series that people get the most frustrated with. Because in the anime, it's like... The first half of the series, basically this part of the series, and a lot of it is very repetitive. Like we have Kagome going back, getting fed up with Inuyasha, and going back to the human world like three, four times. We have things that are ultimately kind of filler and don't really go anywhere. Like Kago- Kageomaru and Jeromeru, they're pretty pointless. I mean, Kohaku sort of regains his memories, but then defaults into you know being a pawn of Naraku's twice, and we only that happening once really to get the point we don't need it twice and so i would really just condense that entire portion like i would still keep all the essential characters like Koga's introduction kakura and kana's introductions like i keep all that stuff but i take out all the thing all the unnecessary more fillery stuff that doesn't necessarily amount to anything, like the volume they spend on Sabaki, the priestess who was a rival of Kiko back in the day. Like her thing, I like. I like Sabaki as a character. I like. I did like that volume, but it's, it doesn't add into the story. So I take stuff like that out, and then I, similarly, I would do the same with the Moriomaru arc. I would condense that heavily, because while I, I really like Moriomaru as an antagonist, and I like that three-way struggle between Inuyasha's faction, Naraku, and then Moriomaru, like, a lot of the Moriomaru arc didn't amount to much, and we talked about it before, like, how the whole stuff with uh the... With the stupid head, the headless demon or whatever was pointless. I then, think, like, I
3: think what I would do is, is more along the lines of replace some of the roles that existed like Moyomaru and actually like make Kagura that actual, you know, make Kagura the actual rebellion of Naraku um, I would do stuff like that. Now, that becomes really interesting. How do you do that? Because Naraku has, you know, Kagura's heart and all that sort of thing. So obviously, you can't just make her outright rebellious. And obviously, the way uh, Takahashi handled her was probably the extent of what she could have done. But there could have been something interesting there with maybe she finally gets her heart back. And then what? I mean, like she could, you know, she and Kana could have been their own little group going around getting other demons and that sort of thing. Who don't agree with Inuyasha, who may not agree with Shishomaru, who may not agree with uh, Naraku, and you could have like kind of that that faction itself. Um, but when it comes to those short, kind of self contained things, I would actually keep those in there. I would just kind of streamline it down, like take the cast and slim it a little bit, because I think the problem is not so much um, what happened, but some of these characters are almost throwaway. So if you slim it down to, you know, slim the cast down, you don't have one as much to do in terms of uh, backstory building. And two, it keeps it more centralized and the pacing feels like it's moving forward because it's the same characters moving forward. That would be my solution. Yeah. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I I like that idea. I mean, we, I mentioned before with Shippo, you could take that character out past his introduction arc and you'd probably move a lot of content that wasn't necessary, like, just by doing that. So there are definitely characters you could probably take out to streamline the story a little bit. Uh, I mean, I like, I, I, yeah, Kagura, I think, would have been interesting to be, instead of more, as, instead of more, to keep that, like, streetway dynamic that I found interesting about the Moriomura, Kagura could have been a good replacement for Moriomuru. Like, to do, to, as a means of doing that. Like, if she had the infant with, like, if she was still allied with the infant, and so she was still, but she was acting on the infant's behalf still, but instead of, like, you know, infant being self sufficient, like being in Moriomaru, so he can, like, do stuff, like, himself, like Kagra being basically infant, the infant's agent. So she's like this, so you still have the whole infant in Hakudoshi betray, uh, you know, Naraku thing, but you, but you, instead of, but you just keep make Kagura more of a key player than that. And just have her be more antagonistic as more antagonistic and like a, and so she has, and so I think that would have been interesting direction to take Kagura as a character specifically. Yeah. So that would have been, Yeah, the
3: whole betrayal of Naraku is, I felt a really cool idea. Um, I just would love to, to see more of Kagura and specifically shishomaru i feel like they show up whenever takahashi wants them to and takahashi i don't feel writes like super strong female characters like mm, i mean
2: i disagree with that i love takahashi's female, i don't know so like i look at kagura
3: i look at the mermaid from uh, mermaid saga and i'm kind of like uh, I mean, like, I guess, yeah, I guess, now nah, stop and think about it. Wait a second, you know, what is Urusei Yatsura then, right? Um, But I guess my thing is maybe not that she doesn't write good characters, but the way she uses them is extremely divisive. And I would like to see a little bit more of a full um, maybe a more naturalistic. I'm not quite sure what that means, but something maybe more of a, a more decompressed approach versus like they only are inserted when they're needed, you know?
2: Yeah, I can understand it. I mean, for me, I was very satisfied with how Kagura and Seshomaru were developed in the story and the relationship. I thought that I was satisfied with that, but I definitely think Takahashi could have done even more with it. And I definitely think that... There would have been there would have been a lot of potential in making Kagura like um um that instead of making putting Kagura in more role instead of you know make coming up with more and then having Kagura go around and be the one to like assemble uh, to conco to like uh build her. Herself up in order to take down Naraku, and then have that end tragically, and then that would have well, been. Well, maybe she
3: ends up trading for, you know, Naraku's heart for hers.
2: That's. I mean, that's true. That could have also been an interesting angle that could have happened too. Like she decides to betray the infant and do an exchange to give. Him, the infant, for her heart, and then we could have, and then like maybe it would have still ended the same way with Naraku like just stabbing her heart right then and there. Uh, as soon as he hands over the infant, and yeah. then you know she still, and so that death scene, you know, with her like dying alone, except for sashomaru coming at the last moment and giving her that final moment of closure, seeing good dying in the presence of the man she loved like you still could have t- that powerful scene but then mm-hmm. you know you still have that interesting dynamic like kagura like if she you had if she had been developed in the same role as Moriomaru, i think she would have been an even stronger like not only character in her own right like i already love her as a character but she would have been even a better character and def- and a better villain than muriomaru was even though i also like muriomaru as a villain Another character, though, I, uh, but on the subject of Ryomaru, I also thought that they bef- they could have done more with Go- Takashi. Could have done more with Goryomaru before he became Ryomaru because I thought Goryomaru honestly was very interesting in the way he dislike in the way he hated humans and then I mean hated demons, but had this like demon like arm thing and he would ha- he was raising these kids to hunt down the yokai indiscriminately despite it would. Not even if they were good or bad, just because he hated yokai so much. So I kind of, I don't know, wish that Takashi had done a little more with Goryo Yomaru before he, she, before he turned into Moriyomaru. Yomaru. But I mean, that's another subject. That that's another that we had that whole debate topic of what was a character you wanted Takashi to do more with. That would have been one I would have probably argued Goryomaru. But yeah, have uh, do you have any more to say about? this josh no i mean that's just that's just my
3: major thing was to consolidate a little bit better
2: yeah consolidation like streamline some things definitely Uh, i I always felt that inayasha could have easily been 28 36 volumes instead of 56 and there's a lot of things that could be have taken i would have
3: loved to see like i don't know i'm just like conceptualizing it and like i would have loved to see kagura hanging out with like kohaku
2: I mean, she did. No, but I'm saying like... They had that relationship. Yes, no,
3: they definitely did. But like, I would love to see that as its own thing, kind of like you have Rin with Shishomaru and kind of like you have um, Sango hanging with Inuyasha. I mean, that could have been great and that could have been a great dynamic. I could easily see Shishomaru going to Kagura and she's going to him and they're talking about, okay, like here's Naraku. We're not necessarily friends, but you know what? We both hate, you know, have an enemy in Naraku. And I can totally see like Sango hating um, Kagura for like you know Kahaku hanging out there but the flip side is you know I feel like I don't know and then there's like Koga too I think Koga he ends up dragging the series not because of his character because he doesn't align with like anybody he can't hang out with Inuyasha's yeah. group because then you lose you know, like that whole thing of oh well, I like Kagome but he can't hang out with Shoshomaru because Shoshomaru would kill him but you know maybe he could kind of hang out with Kagura like that might kind of work it would seem weird to uh- me
2: Maybe, it'd be, it'd be interesting actually if they did do that because, you know, Kagura was the one that killed, like, Koka's, Koka's clan and that's why he swore revenge on Heracles. So it'd be interesting to see, like, those, to ultimately have to team up against Naraku together. Yeah. like Despite the animosity they have towards each other, that would have been really Kagura interesting. Kagura could
3: have played Sakashi. it from the whole angle of, well, I was forced to by Naraku, but now I'm against Naraku. Like, we should team up because of yeah. this, and maybe I can help you get your tribe back. I, I don't know. Like, there are, there are a lot of things you could play off of, and I think that was kind of something that was unventured, but... Again, like it's kind of it's kind of weird when you stop and think about. I just would have consolidated the characters into more groups, and then that way, instead of having to constantly check on them as individuals, um, you kind of save some space, save some time. I don't know. Maybe that's asking for too much, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, characters were always. Especially towards the end, characters were like shifting between groups a lot, and then I guess that yeah, if we if you had if Kakashi had like kind of grouped them together and like and like a lot more, uh, um, it kind of yeah, just made them more distinct groups from the beginning, and then just kept that consistent through the series. Like that might have you know saved some time shifting back and forth like between all these perspectives. I is another character that I think that Takahashi. Like I I, I wasn't a big Koga fan overall. I think that his best moments were at Band of Seven Arc and then afterwards, but I think Koga was another character that you know if, she, if he had had an interaction with someone else like if he had you know been a part of someone else's group and had like kind of a dynamic with kagura or sashomaru and like his his like team was like consolidated into someone else's group that would have benefited his character a lot i feel hello
3: yeah i'm still here i'm just i was hoping colton would pick it up
1: (laughs)
2: oh uh
0: Yes, I agree with everything you guys said.
3: Well, I know, it's just I figured you were hosting. It's like, what the fuck, dude?
0: Oh, well, I mean, it's just, it, it's hard for me to pick a place to uh, s- stop you guys, because I'm
3: not sure what the hell you guys are talking about, so
0: so I don't know what's a good
3: place to stop. <laughs> oh, okay, Oh it's just like, okay, I'll just, I'll just like, this isn't my show, I'm not going to host it, but then it's, uh, anyway.
2: Hey, I mean, I could go on about Inuyasha yeah, forever. Yeah, kind of the
3: same, yeah.
0: Anyway, with all, uh, with all that other discussion out of the way, uh, I think this was a somewhat successful manga fight. I'm not sure if I'm hosting material, but I, I tried. I thought, I think I was, I think I did a very good job. I don't know. Sid, if you had to assess me, what, 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 would you give me a, maybe at least a C minus on the hosting?
2: Yeah, C minus is fair. I mean, okay. it's a good first ever. i I'd
3: give you a B, a B for biased.
0: <laughs> yeah we, we 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 forgot to record that part of the show where like uh, you you were you had to go to the bathroom josh and sid told me that uh that he
3: that he that he pay me an extra 40 dollars to make sure he won he won that's funny because i made sure to piss in my pants so i didn't leave anywhere
1: <laughs>
0: oh shit you were there the entire time mm. uh well at least that part of the recording will uh, it won't be in there because because uh, uh, i'll edit it out uh, so, so I I think I think that's about it for our uh, for this installment of Manga Fights. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Josh, thank you so much for coming on and playing along with us. No a pleasure to
3: be here as always.
2: Yeah, it was super fun, man. We gotta do this again sometime for
3: sure.
0: All right, so Josh, uh, you do things on the internet. Uh, where where can the people find you?
3: Yeah, so I am a host at camgirls.com. That's C A M. Oh, oh! You meant my anime stuff? Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that that stuff. Well, I mean, don't worry. I'll 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 edit that out and post.
3: Yeah, thank you. But I mean, hey, if you do show up, make sure to leave a tip, and then I might give you a private show. <laughs> no, I am a writer for Wave Motion Cannon. Uh We are actually just about to launch our new flagship podcast for the site oh. um, that's actually going up tonight as of this recording so by the time you guys listen to this it will already be out that's wave motion cast oh. so make sure you yeah make sure you give that nice. a, uh, a positive review for us over in itunes um i want to really make a big splash with this it will be on the senpai coast to coast feed as well so if you are a fan or a listener of Senpai Coast to Coast, which is my personal podcast, you will be listening to that regardless because I will trap you. Um but this uh this wave motion cast episode, this inaugural episode is going to be us talking about the fall season. Now that a couple episodes have passed, we're kind of weighing in. Okay, where do we see these going? What do we want to, you know, what do we want to watch, that sort of thing. I've never had to sync up five individual audio tracks and uh dude, <laughs> let me just put it this way. That is a conversation worth listening to. But, uh, I've mentioned Wave Motion Canon. We, we just, yeah, we got a slew of stuff. We're doing Gundam Month all of November. We just got done doing a lot of, uh, Shaft and Monogatari stuff. So if you're a fan of that, I mean, we got stuff going up all the time. We are translating, uh, all these different interviews with a lot of different anime and manga, uh, people, directors, animators, uh, mangaka, hopefully soon. So make sure to check in and, and weigh that. Just be, show your support. That's really, that's my baby is wave motion canon. Um, and again, shout out to basically everyone else who writes for it. They work very, very hard. So very much deserving of your attention. If you want to shoot me a personal message on Twitter, Josh underscore Dunham is my tag. You can find me as Josh Dunham. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty much it i mean like hey hit up you know hit me up give me uh let's talk about some anime let's talk about some inuyasha let's talk about how good manga mavericks is oh thanks josh
2: oh, thank you and yeah wave motion canon is an excellent site and really insightful articles uh the tr- great interviews excellent site a must visit for any hardcore anime fan looking for intelligent anime analysis and
0: uh we'll definitely uh i think we could Probably uh, put up a link to that first episode of the Wave Motion cast on in the show notes, Sid.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Thank you guys. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate it.
0: Because, because I'm sure you'll you'll probably be like, eh, I'll I'll put this up on Senpai Coast to Coast. Why
3: not? I probably will because I haven't posted an episode at all. So it's like the last episode was that Sakuga one with uh, Cracker Two K. So that's like back in fricking summer. So it's been almost, well, almost five, four or five months now. So, so,
0: so you're welcome for the extra material, Josh.
3: It basically, thank you, Colton, for editing my show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'm I'm really looking forward to when you do return to by Coast to Coast and edit those episodes with Joe and Nada. I'm really looking forward to listening to those. Yeah, I,
0: I especially want to listen to that one with Nada because I, I love Aroni Kenshin and I'd really like
3: to hear her thoughts on some of that stuff. Oh, Nada is 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 remarkable. Anyway, I feel like I'm being way too self-indulgent, so I apologize to all the listeners. But please, just show some, some um, support. Uh, you know, Obviously, you're already listening to good podcasts because you're listening to this one. I would definitely recommend uh, Wave Motion Cast and Senpai Coast to Coast as well.
1: Well, well,
0: there you go. Go listen to Josh's stuff because apparently he's got a lot of hats on a lot of racks. It um, was a weird metaphor I went with there.
3: Yeah, about to say it like that. You could have said like he has a lot of hats on a lot of different chin pos.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that that would have been the tamer uh a tamer way to go. Um hey well, S-
3: you could be talking about racks or chin pos, I mean.
0: Well, I meant I meant coat racks, not not like not like uh breast. Sid, uh you got stuff that you do. Uh you wanna plug some of your stuff real quick?
2: Uh yes, you can find my art at uh Sid Gupta's awesome art blog on Tumblr. And you can also find me as Lemromayasha pretty much any place. My anime list, Twitter, Animation Revelation are my main hangouts, but I'm also on other places as well, just not as often. But yeah, if you want to go talk to me on Twitter, my anime list, or Animation Revelation, definitely hit me up. And uh, I'm always game to talk about some good manga.
0: Well, there you go. I follow Sid as well. He's also a pretty cool guy in my book. Um, it's a ringing endorsement. Uh, but as for me, Colton, I uh, you know if you want to hear me talk about stuff, uh, I do a lot of other podcasts just to kind of run down them real quick. There's Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast. Uh, if you're a fan of Gintama, and uh, you know you you, you kind of feel nostalgic, you want to go back to the beginning a little bit. And be like, hey, you know what? Uh, Some of this is kind of cool. Life Lessons is essentially a podcast about not just Gintama, but the manga as was released by Viz Media – uh, you could find that at ginta life dot Uh basically if you like Toriko, there's the Heavenly Kings podcast at HeavenlyKings.wordpress.com. If you like Detective Conan slash case close, whatever the hell it's called, uh you could find uh that uh you could find me and my friend Doctor from the Backwards Anime Podcast, talk about that at one podcast prevails. That's one podcast And uh as for manga mavericks uh, in general, you can find more of this podcast, the Manga Mavericks podcast, and uh, some of our other manga fights at uh, at all-comic.com. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash comic underscore. If you guys have any ideas for any, uh, any particular uh, topics for a debate that you think we should discuss on an episode of Manga Fights or, uh, or whatnot you want to tell us how much you like having josh on uh, any guests you want to hear us debate with uh, about manga with over that was a sentence uh email us over at uh at uh, manga mavericks at gmail.com but the most important thing guys is that you subscribe rate and review us on itunes so go ahead and do all that stuff thank you guys for listening to our second installment of manga fights as presented by manga mavericks on all comic.com and uh, we'll hopefully see you on the next one bye guys sayonara